0: is Poll Request, live from the heart of Brooklyn. Poll Request is an hour-long podcast about everything in and relating to technology, with three techno-experts. Eric Newman, hi! Wayne Chang, hello, and Keith Whitney. Howdy. This week's episode, Kibitzing. Hello everybody, welcome to yet another Poll Request number 72. My name is Eric Newman. Across from me is Wayne Shang on our third date. Hello again. Hi. I, get, I think we might have to make out of it. You can't it's get like, rid no. of me. Oh, that's what it is. I can't get rid of you. That's good. I had a. I had a. Why are you? You know what? It's it's funny because my friend who's an audio engineer always says that people when they when they pra, when they perform on recordings are always louder than how they are when they practice, and this is exactly true. Like I spent ten minutes trying to get your levels in, and then now you're just like.
1: Hey.
2: Wayne's got his radio voice I, on. I'm Here. a try-hard
1: when it's live. <laughs> That's right. Okay, well, how are you doing, Wayne? I'm doing great. We, haven't, uh, we
0: haven't talked in a while, and uh, how, was, how are your uh, uh, Christmas, uh, Kwanzaa, New Year's?
1: I don't celebrate any of those. I'm an Not engineer. Even? I don't see the functional purpose of any of them.
0: Oh. Well, there's a functional purpose to a new year, isn't there? Well, Unless you look at a watch, do you, is your watch just in full, like the full Linux disclosure, epoch? Like how do you?
1: My birthday is New Year's Eve. <gasps> Therefore, I don't like New Years. Well, happy belated birthday! Oh, man. thank happy you. Happy
0: belated birthday! I'm man. Uh,
1: 82 years old.
2: <laughs> on the inside, <laughs> on the you inside, probably are. Your birthday's
0: New Year's Eve, so you have like a happy birthday, happy New
1: Year. Like how does that work? I have a. Hey, let's go celebrate your birthday. Oh, wait, everything's booked for New Year's Eve. Hey, do you like crowds? Because (laughs) it is a wonderful time to love crowds. If you
0: don't like crowds, you're living in the wrong city. I don't know Uh, what to tell you. Uh, Across across from you, of course, is the wonderful Keith Whitney. Hi, how are you? Hi. How are your holidays? They were okay. Christmas, New Year's, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah. Hanukkah's over.
2: Yeah, I uh, spent four days writing firmware for my new keyboard. So that turned out to be a a good time off. If you write
0: write firmware for a keyboard and there's a bug, does that prevent you from then typing to fix the bug?
2: It does. That's a hard... Then I need to use the laptop keyboard. Then you have to use another keyboard? Yep. What type of keyboard was it? Uh, It is a DZ60. That's the PCB. And then you use QMK to write the firmware. QMK is uh, what? It's a keyboard firmware framework. It's written in C. Why? Write your own keyboard firmware. Because you have so ul- unnecessary ultimate control over the keyboard. You
0: can embed a keylogger in, key- in the keyboard
2: board I could firmware. do anything you can imagine with that
1: keyboard. Well, outside of QWERTY, there are some things about the <laughs> keyboard. Do you type that into Vorac? Is, that, is, that, what, is no. that what it is? No. There are some things about the keyboard that aren't exactly optimal. Um, like more the specifically, the space bar where two of your thumbs uh, rest. Now, I don't know about you, but I can operate my left thumb uh, separately from my right thumb.
0: You know that those Microsoft ergonomic keyboards in the late 90s had broken space bars. That's true, they did.
1: Well, did they do the same thing? What do you mean? Did, Did they both press space? Yeah. No, that's useless. Then oh, is want the other one? You want yeah. the other yeah, it needs one to, to have some what? function or a hypercube. You probably hack it to do that. Why but does I guess the spacebar you writing your own firmware exactly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Why is there that's a redundancy? Good. There
0: we go. Um, that's a good point. Yeah. But so okay. So now that you've written your own firmware, I mean, look, Apple's trying to solve this problem. They're just they just keep taking keys off the keyboard. Soon there won't be any left. Then you won't have to worry about it. There'll just be one button, and it'll know what you want to do by the way that you press it. That sounds perfect. It, that's the Apple keyboard. Anyway, uh, but so uh,
2: what can you do now, Keith, with your new keyboard firmware?
0: So I've got
2: a split space bar. Oh, my God. So that split space bar is now, well, the one space bar is now three keys. So one is essentially... It's actually three discrete keys. It's three discrete keys. Uh-huh. I've got it with me. I'll show it to you. One is a hyper key. That... Which is from, like, the old Space Cadet keyboards. What does that it's, mean? So it's a combination of modifiers. So I actually have it mapped to... Is it
0: like the Windows
2: key? Control, Alt, and Command together. Command or Super, key. GUI, whatever you want to call right, it. it's the
0: Super key. It's the Command key in Mac.
2: Yeah, but it's Control, Alt, and Super. But, wow. So, so that's
0: then Hyper. Okay. Yeah,
2: so then I use that for, like, window management. You know, I could... Use that as my shortcut to send things to uh, a different screen or focus a different window in the tiling window manager. And what
0: OS are you running uh, on your computer
2: with this keyboard? So I've got it using, uh, I'm using Mac, Mac OS, and then I've got a are Linux, you on Mojave? Linux machine. So I've actually got a le- another button on the keyboard that switches between OS's which oh. activates a different layer so that my key bindings are, no, are the same on the keyboard, my key presses.
0: Oh, I see. Okay, I thought you meant like when it I... actually switches between OSs on no, the no, screen, no, no, no. but it, it switches the keyboard
2: shortcut yeah, macros. Yeah, it keyb- okay. switches the layer on the keyboard. So then no matter what, my key presses are the same. So if I want to move forward a word, it's the same key press oh, on the keyboard. across operating systems. Yeah. So That's, that's the, smart. That's, that's the kind of thing I wanted to normalize that's, across the OSs. That's smart. With the keyboard. I, yeah.
0: I like that. Okay. Yeah. How many hours did that take? You said four days. How many hours mm, did that take? You think
2: that was like I got pretty pretty far with one day until four a.m. You know, and then the next day obsessively three a.m. It took a lot of hours, mostly because the uh, QMK isn't super well documented. QMK
0: is what again?
2: It's the keyboard firmware framework. Not super well documented, but it is pretty awesome. It has a lot of it's functionality the Q built for in. For
1: keyboard, right? Is that how that? Uh, so Keith, if I did that. If I switched to the Windows layer or Mac layer, uh, would I be able to have it uh, provision a service to have someone come over to my house and stab me in the face?
2: It could. You could do you that though. You could though. S- send any string you wanted. I think, I think if you have an Alexa, it has an Ale- Fiverr has an
0: Alexa skill to let you do that. Oh, great. Yes, that's wonderful. That would be perfect.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: And of course, of course, that sound you heard comes from our wonderful studio audience. We keep them in a Tupperware container during the week, and we're taking them now out on Fridays just for us. And it is a warm global warming Friday in mid-January or in early January. is it supposed to be cold? It was co- supposed why to is be. it colder in November
1: than it is in January? I just want to say good keyboards don't let their users use Mac or Windows. Oh, shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> shut up. I got nothing. Beautiful this com- this computer is a Hackintosh, I'll tell you, and it can't even run Windows if it tried. Is that illegal? Is everything's illegal? <laughs> Technically, I mean, we're we're not even supposed to be here. We stole this land anyway. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff uh, to talk about. I'll tell you really quickly how I spent my break. If you give me a second, maybe I can pull it up on on the big screen. Hold on. Oh, that's
3: the. I'm working on this app called Next Train, which tells
0: you. You can you can take a look, Wayne. If you can you can see it on on the screen over here. It'll tell you when the next train's coming. That's all it does. It we know where you are, we know what subway stop you're you're on, and we know when the next train is coming, thanks to the data from the MTA. And I've written it. You can see it counting down right here. Now the problem, ironically, is that after it finishes counting down. It can't advance to the next train. Come
3: on!
0: That's the whole Please point call. of the app. It's, it's, called, it's called Next Train. It's going to be at nexttrain.nyc. I already got the domain. And it, like, see this one? It's at zero. Zero. They do great right. until they hit zero, but then they don't clock over into the next effing train. Now, it's funny because... This uses, um, unlike Where Am I, which I've been plugging for 72 episodes now, uh, Where Am I is actually a LAMP stack site. Uh, this is a very, this is all in modern tech. This, I use Create React app. This is React Redux and Redux Thunk, not Redux Sagas. And although now that I've fleshed out this Redux Thunk bit, I've reread the Redux, Redux Sagas tutorial, I can see where I can transform the Thunks into Sagas, and it's basically like what we said last time, where a lot of the manual dispatching and a lot of the manual api fetching that you, you would typically have to do in redux is just abstracted away for you and it's just async await and generators so it's another common pattern they've refactored i guess that's the whole point um so but here's so the problem with this is all of the uh this first the M, the the data from the mta is 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 Garbage. I mean, garbage is, is putting it nicely. They 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 still say that the G train goes to Forest Hills, and they don't say that the Q train goes to ninety sixth ninety sixth and second, which it has been for eighteen months. Like, I sent the link of the, I sent a development link of this to my friend who lives in uh, Jackson Heights, and it was just like all the schedules: G seven, G seven, G. Where's the G train? It stops in Long Island City. It's not doesn't even go all the way there. But yet the MTA's the schedule will say, or their stops will say the G-Train stops here. Also, the three subway shuttles, do you know what the, all three of them are? I, I didn't know there were any subway shuttles. Yeah, there's a Times Square shuttle from Grand Central to Times Square. Oh, uh, the one
1: to there's uh, the, the Park, Prospect Park. There's the Prospect Park shuttle. What is the third
0: one? Rockaway Beach. So, there's all three shuttles, in the the MTA gives you a, a CSV file of all the stops. All those shuttles, along with the Staten Island Railway, start with the letter S. And Staten Island Railway stops start with S 9 and above. And anything under S09 is just uh, one of the three shuttle stops. Because that's intuitive. And I don't know. I, I, however, there are many transit apps. And that's what I don't necessarily understand. Like, there were people solving these problems. In fact, when this app runs, and it runs for a long time, the server starts getting out-of-range errors from the MTA in terms of the protocol buffer time-slice database it's receiving.
1: I, I think you're approaching it the wrong way. You need to be selecting the trains that work and then the ones you have issues with. No, just, the, no just right, you don't care about it. I don't the- support this train because it's not cool. Uh, you're taking a shuttle. Uh, why don't you take an Uber instead? <laughs> you would take an
0: Uber from Times Square to Grand Central? And it doesn't matter what that, no, the reality that matter. is. I
1: tried walking that
0: one time at rush oh, hour. and That matter. was
2: a mistake. It's like swimming you, through can people. Can you get affiliate uh, credits with Uber?
0: Yeah.
1: T- tell them to take then, an you know, Uber instead. That, there we go. Oh. What happened?
2: No, I think those zeros should start counting well, into the, the negatives well, so well, that you can thing. know by when, how much you missed the train.
0: No, no, no. Wait, here's the thing. What's, what's supposed to happen... Is the train goes once it counts down to has arrived? There's also a departure time that's enclosed in a, in the time slice database. So it's supposed to count up until the, the departure time and then clock over to the next schedule for the train. I see the events of like it's departing, it's arriving, but all of the schedules in are a kept in Redux and they're just indices of an array. So it's you know I'm looking for index zero to update to index two. And it's not doing it, even though all of the events are firing. And I, it just, I, it's, it's driving me up the wall. It's the one th- I've spent days on this.
1: I, I don't know why. Because this isn't a technical issue, Eric. It are, is a technical issue. Are, are you issue. from New York City? No. Uh, uh, I, no. That makes sense because you assumed any of it made sense. You assumed the schedules would make sense. <laughs> it's pure entropy. But, but, Wayne,
0: how are there other transit apps? How is Google doing this? How are Apple doing this? How are they figuring this
1: stuff out? I think it's uh, fake AI. They, they just hire a lot of people to report these things. They have the money to do it, don't they?
0: I don't know. See, look, this one is now counting down negative seven oh, look, minutes. Yeah,
1: see, that's what you want. I've got a conspiracy going on. It didn't start until... No,
0: but there's another train that's coming. But, look, I can tell you the current service advisories, those all work. And there's six stations nearby. The other thing yeah. that I did, by the way, is in the API, it's a hard coded limit, or it's a hard coded default limit for the the stations to return. But that's but it took a lot of it took a lot of massaging to allow transfer stations to also be returned in the same response. Because if you think about it like like here's like take take the L Myrtle Wyckoff and the M Myrtle Wyckoff. Those are two separate stations. But there's another CSV file that the MTA gives you that tells you that they can transfer to each other. So if you make a request to this API that's like stops by geographic location, limit five, right? You want you want actually six stations because one of them's a transfer to another station. That's a load of crap. It's not a load of crap. That's you, how you get it that's how I, you get an intuitive.
1: Have you ever result. transferred done that transfer you have to run up no it's impossible five flights of stairs um, and they're disconnected it's not as bad as Broadway Junction no to
0: transfer from the A at the at the very bare bottom of Broadway Junction to the L at the very top tippity top is like ten flights of stairs and then you have to go down two of them and I've had to do that with luggage coming back from JFK but anyway the point is is that it almost works, but there's something that's preventing Redux from updating. And I have a feeling I had to get into all of this complex it's user error. It's no, oh. no, no. It's some. <laughs> no. It, oh, it's developer I, error. I, I, I'll tell you why, because oh, yeah. I, there, there's a lot of user. In, in React you have you have these lifecycle methods, right? You have uh, like component will mount, right. component or sorry, you shouldn't use that one anymore. You have component did mount. You have should component update. You have you have a, a, a few of these lifecycle methods that determine whether. A component should update or not, because otherwise it will too much. And, so, and if a component updates itself too many times, it's going to cause an error.
1: Have you considered that the subway does not operate under the principles of a classical physics?
0: physics? I, uh, and
1: it's, ra- it's Again, operating- by virtue
0: that Google and Apple are doing this, I feel like this is a solvable problem. They don't live here. I at least live here. I can at least run down Andy Byford and say, what the hell is going on? Fix it. And he's going to say, well, you know, it's a contractor. Is is that really. And then, you know, we cut ties with him 10 years ago. Oh, really? That's why the map is from 1999, 2009, 10 years ago is 2009. Holy crap. This map is older than then. The G train didn't run to forest hills in 2009. I don't think.
2: You know too much about these subways.
0: And I've, I like maps and trains. And I, 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 I I was a, (laughs) I was a real, I was a real knickerbocker in my old life. What can I say? My previous life.
2: You got the font, right?
0: Well, it's all Helvetica.
2: Right? Yeah. It's not hard.
0: You know, the real font to use is Accidents Grotesque. That's the original one. That's what's used on all the roll signs. You can tell because the Accidents Grotesque R has, a, has that leg that sticks out, but the Helvetica R has the leg that curves out and goes down.
2: Is that the only difference between the two? No.
0: There's, another, there's other differences in terms of the G, how the G looks like an arrow sign in Accidents Grotesque, but doesn't necessarily. The C's... Are uh are are indented like that. I call them arrogant C's versus the flat terminal Cs of Helvetica.
2: I'd like that you know these details.
0: I am a typography nerd. That's why I, I, I have, enjoy it too. That's why I have problems when people A use San Francisco and B <laughs> it's my new font to hate, and 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 B uh betray me by using REMs everywhere. I, I spent a lot of time studying typography and and, and developing websites from scratch. And it it just it I I've I and I know a lot of that work has been done in the silo and has been done jerking myself off at, at wherever various places I've lived, I understand. You don't like but REMs? I to, no. Other what? than sleep. I like REM sleep. Why don't you like REMs? Because REMs do nothing other than multiply pixels by a scalar value, which makes them the same as pixels. They don't do anything to abstract away from the number of pixels. But that's that not what using. it's
1: addressing.
0: That is what it's addressing. Because you can do most things in REMs in regular M's.
1: It, but M's and have an M issue is
0: supposed to be, One M in Times New Roman Is supposed to be the same height As one M in another typeface That has a different X height and That's the idea behind M's Does that actually work 100% of the time? No well, Especially you, with web fonts But that's another story
1: Well when you have children that have M's And then you ha- they have M's uh, What happens? They multiply and, and that's real fun How many times, <laughs> are, you,
0: yeah, how many times was, are you modifying the font size, Wayne? You shouldn't be doing it. I do You don't, shouldn't be doing it that well, many
1: times. Full disclosure, I don't take it. Take it. Take a look at this. I don't do this, front end development for well, this you, reason. I'll tell
0: you what. I'll tell you what. This next train is developed using Atomic Web Design and. The numbers, all of these times, are all the same component, and they all and there's only one or two font sizes that are used throughout the whole application, I, I, and they're not in rems. I, I actually because they abstract away from the pixel size of the device. It abstracts away from the, the aspect ratio. It abstracts away from so much by not using pixels and rems. Like I said, if you multiply pixels by a scalar value, it's still pixels.
1: I ha- I have a new paradigm. I don't do front end development. What I do is I interact with people. And then when they need something from me, I hit the backend API I I created, and then I give them the information. Then you print it out. I am the website. <laughs> you you're a human website. I am the website.
0: I, I take I take the information from the customers and I give it to the engineers, and I, I take the information you're, from the. They're not. I'm a people person. Is that is that what you're getting at?
2: You're Google on the street corner.
0: Oh. <laughs> Google on the street. I like that. Gots. God's. <laughs> Anyway, um, next train is imminent, and it will uh, eventually be at nexttrain.nyc, and I already bought the domain, so I can feel free to tell you that. Uh, Just don't hack me in the meantime.
1: Um, Will it continue to show the L -L train?
0: It will, and actually, that brings us to an interesting uh, train, uh, sorry, it brings us to a nice segment about local news with our New New York Minute, where we take a look at your five boroughs. Speaking of the L train, our beloved governor, sorry, you live in New Jersey. Keith, or why do I keep calling you Keith? It's because I like him better, Wayne. I'm sorry. Uh, Wayne and my governor, uh, Andy Cuomo, went into the L train tunnel to see if this whole shutdown is really necessary. Now, over the last many uh, months into the last couple of years, a lot of consultancies and a lot of... Uh, different uh, engineering firms, etc., have been involved in this process of trying to figure out right how exactly we're going to fix the uh, this tunnel that New links York, increasingly New rich Williamsburg York. with the increasingly apathetic Manhattan. And uh, it's the way that I get to work every day, and it might be the same for you, Wayne. And these trains are already full. And that's one of the big issues I have with them shutting it down. Is that, uh, that if the trains are already full and they're going to be displaced onto other trains that are already full, and they're already running at maximum headways because the tracks are hundred years old, then where are these people going to go? How is that's a bandwidth issue?
1: Um, we're going to fill in the East River.
0: That was never proposed walk. before. Filling in the East River was proposed a hundred years ago. I'm not kidding. It's a real thing. There's a map of it. Look it up. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. It would drastically improve real estate values. I think they would probably fill it in from the Manhattan side.
1: I, I'm but, really glad to hear that all the experts that, that decided a shutdown was necessary... Were completely obviated they, by they, the governor. Um, they were idiots. This kind of shows the state of our education, because all it took is for Governor Cuomo come down to the L train... Walk in the tunnels and notice something. He, he that, put
0: his finger in the in the salt and sniffed it, yeah. and he said, "You know what? We know we can do without this. We're better than this salt. F you, salt. This is New York. You're not going to beat us. We'll f- beat your salt with our train. I don't
2: know.
1: He, I got Turn noticed, on the third rail. He noticed, <laughs> third rail. He noticed. Turn it on. He noticed something that. Sir, i saying I don't care. Turn it on. <laughs> he noticed something that eluded all of these PhDs.
0: Well, no, 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 you're missing it because he went down to the tunnel with deans from Columbia and Cornell's engineering schools. So they're actually deans. They probably do have PhDs in engineering, but they're not the engineering development firms and consultancies that were previously consulted by the MTA. Oh,
1: that's real fortunate. Or the one
0: that was awarded a $477 million contract to fix the tunnel is now going to have a very nice conversation with the governor about how they're going to complete that work because I'm sure they would like that money that might not exist anymore. That of course, the response from the MTA has been, you know, there's always a provision that allows us to get out of a contract at any time, and that's why
1: you don't want to work for them. That. That, makes, that, that makes sense, because Cuomo and these PhDs, they went into those tunnels, they used their eyes, and they noticed something very, very specific. There are two tracks. Using the, all of the knowledge they gained in their academic experience, they asked... Why don't we close one of them? That's what DC does. They single. Track and do the, all the repairs. Time. Well, this is the proposal. They're gonna shut down one that's of the, the no,
0: no, that's that's supposed no, there's supposed to be some brand new technology that's only been used in Europe. But they fast European trains, yeah. And that allows them to keep running. What I think is actually gonna happen is they figured out how to keep the tunnel open through the end of Cuomo's term. And they're just going to keep patching it up with nonsense and, and duct tape until he leaves office, and then it'll just be the same gross service that we've been dealing with this whole time
1: Well, well yes. Now but I was and, trying to present it in a better what way. What
0: happens? What happens five years from now, when Cuomo and De Blasio run for president? Um, because because I feel like that's where this is going, is they're trying to do this like really bad reality play,
1: but it looks good politically. No one knows who they are outside of the Northeast, maybe.
0: I mean, De Blasio. I wouldn't vote for. I wouldn't vote for him for city councilman. There shouldn't uh, a person. And that's where
1: he started, isn't it? A person to, where you say their name and it distinctly you hear blah. Uh, you're gonna <laughs> yeah, have issues to on election, the streets, Wayne. Uh, so that's, you know that's not saying much in New York City. Well, Again, that is
0: because if if people vo- cared, they would vote. Most uh, of my friends
1: didn't vote. They, I voted; it didn't well, matter because all of the bosses not you just answered the question. Ones. No one cares. Well, here. then
0: you get you always get to the government that you deserve. However, one angry man decided to change the fate of our dear city, Wayne, by going up to the governor himself and yelling at him. Uh, uh, Andy Cuomo, Governor Cuomo says how I got involved actually uh, the vignette is uh, I was going through the campaign and I was in Brooklyn and towards the end of the campaign a gentleman came up to me in Brooklyn, he was very animated he came up to me and pulled the lapel of my jacket I was wearing a suit of course and uh, and I went on at length and he went on at length about his dismay about the outtrain train and how it was going to hurt his business and how it was a real catastrophe Cuomo explained what a so touching wait wait hold on hold on he goes I had heard these complaints before, but, I mean, he was really vociferous. He was really angry, slash, irate, and he said, have you checked into this? And I said, well, the MTA is doing it, and the MTA has these great firms and all the experts, you know, and I'm not really an expert, and I'm not an engineer, I don't really know. Which I actually remember what the Japanese Minister of Technology said, that was exactly the same thing. Anyway, um, and well, he said, will you look me in the eye and tell me that this is the best plan? I said, I'll look you in the eye and tell you a very vague political answer, which is everything you could probably imagine he's going to say. And tell you, all the experts say this is the best plan, but I don't know if it'll be enough that i all believe it.
1: Oh, that's a better story than what I thought. And
0: wait, wait, hold on. It goes on. And the guy says, they told you you couldn't build a new bridge at Tappan Z, but didn't they? And you did, and you named it after your father. And Cuomo goes, yeah, I'm, and I'm proud of that. And he's like, well, will you give me your word that you'll look into the L train tunnel? And and Cuomo goes, I said I will give you my word. I said I will look into the L train tunnel. Okay, I'm taking you at your word. I will not vote for you for president anyway. Uh. Oh, I,
1: <laughs> I, I thought someone had gone up to Albany where he's 364 days out of the year, traveled all 150 miles, walked past the dilapidated buildings in Albany, past all the homeless, too, the square of state government and then said to Cuomo, "Hey, the trains are messed up." Yeah,
0: but by the time you get to Albany, he's not going to care about Brooklyn. Well, even
1: though I think he's from Brooklyn, isn't he? Well, Cuomo has said on paper that he does not control the MTA, so I the MTA say on paper that he about, does, actually. and that's the
0: problem. That's why when I oh. become mayor of this town, I will solve this problem by underground bus tunnels with capacitive roads think about it. It's like bumper cars. Bumper cars are charged by the road that they run on. They have some kind of capacitive thing where induction where it's not going to fry you if you walk on it, but it charges the train somehow, as long as you're wearing sneakers. And uh, and you'll have underground electric bus tunnels, so it'll cost a lot less to develop than trains, and then it'll be all electric, so there'll be no emissions. And there'll be, you'll have transfer stations to popular uh, subway stations and other bus stations, and you can have a complete underground bus service. And that, because you need ways to add bandwidth to the streets. Yeah. But and there's nothing that they're doing that's adding more bandwidth.
1: Yeah, but what about the mole people? There's elevators, elevators and conveyor belts. You can't just build a system underground on mole people territory without really considering. We won't
0: build it in Essex Street. How's that?
1: Uh, oh, okay. That makes
0: sense. <laughs> we'll leave Essex Street for the for last. There, you know. By the way, uh, the people in mole, the the people in Moleville. In Essex Street are getting a new forest. You know about the Low Line, right? No. The Low Line is an underground forest that they're working on in the bowels of Essex Street. What? Mm. Yeah. It's to be it's it's not done by the same people as the High Line. I found that out at a party. Uh, but it's but they borrowed the name. Yeah, look it up. And they're using cuz the cuz Essex Street has all used to be a trolley station and nobody uses trolleys anymore in this town. So Oh, They have all this extra space And the more people are living there But now they can live in a forest And they're probably wearing those
1: That sounds great What I would love to do In in this environment where the trains Run late all the time Is spend more time underground At the low Well you know what you
0: will Because instead of investing in the tracks They're investing in LCD screens And other things that aren't even going to tell you When the next train's coming Because they're just going to play ads Anyway that's why I'm making this next train thing
2: Anyway You made me sad with the ads thing what this is too many ads that's already. why
0: I'm I made this
2: they have those L, they used to have in, at, at DeKalb
0: they used to have LED countdown clocks that were fine and they had service announcement but they were in text whatever and uh, they replaced them they worked fine with then there was one they didn't add another one they replaced it with a video LCD screen which says the same thing most of the time, except now it plays PSA is telling you not to man-spread, rather than yeah. when the next train's coming. Then, they add these new triple monitors. I don't know if you've seen them, The triple monitors on the platform level, uh, they're right on the platform, that are, that are mosaic together, and they're supposed to also have countdown clocks, but no, they have uh, mosaic ads instead. There's like, you just want to see when the next F train's going to come. That's why I'm making next train.
1: Well, the trains aren't ever going to come. That's a pointless exercise. I like the ads. It helps me remember that where I go, Coca-Cola is going to be on my way with their cool, crisp, refreshing taste.
0: That's right. The cool, crisp, refreshing taste of Coca-Cola that has not been urinated in by a homeless man riding on the subway.
2: Or so you think.
0: That's the new Coke with lemon. Anyway. All right. That's enough. Uh, <laughs> that's enough local news. Uh, also, uh, WeWork, I don't know if you want to talk about that, uh, that SoftBank, which uh, underwrites WeWork, uh, they say it's losing money.
2: They've been scaling up like crazy. Well, they're losing money. Like they're they're engine- under leverage, just like uh, Cheeto Jesus. So you got to give them time. They just spent all that money to scale that engineering team. You mean they're over leveraged? Right the they have too many loans. Leveraged. Yeah, to, to you're be right. Possible. Sorry, heading backwards. Uh, they, the Japanese conglomerate
0: under the helm of billionaire Miyashi son. Is reportedly planning a $16 billion investment in WeWork that would give SoftBank a majority stake and bring it, its total investment in the company to more than $24 billion. However, Sun's partners, sovereign funds in Saudi Arabia and Abu Dhabi, of course, have concerns about the money losing WeWork, which sounds like something that the president said. Uh, that's according to the Wall Street Journal. I don't
2: know.
1: I think it's because they banned meat at corporate events. Oh, yeah. How ridiculous they, is that? Meat? Yeah.
2: No, you can't get meat in the office at
1: all, right? Well, it, yes, their, their developers now are all in meat withdrawal. Obviously, the quality is going to. So, well, I'm saying this. I'm I'm a vegetarian, but I do understand the the aggression and and the amount of output that meat provides to a developer. And I think they I mean, made it's a very big efficient mistake in
0: terms of in terms of protein and fat per calorie, and it's not the result of some kind of immense factory processing like, like I guess it is still but you know what I mean. It's not like those protein bars they eat.
1: Well there are also people who don't eat vegetables, so those developers That's have me. unfortunately <laughs> perished.
0: <laughs> I feel sorry for the de- the ones on meat withdrawal who also don't eat vegetables are yes. just gonna be developing on the toilet for the next six months. Oh they
1: just quit we work.
0: That's
1: all. <laughs> Can I just work at home for the next uh, year? Oh I, I I thought they just perished. Oh, you mean we work the company,
0: not the companies who work at WeWork? Yeah, we yes, work the company. Works, right, right? Yes. Okay, I got you. Uh, we work under the helm of Adam Newman, no relation, or Neumann touts itself as a tech firm. All right. I think that's it.
1: Um, Are you telling me it doesn't make sense to have all of your inventory be extremely priced, overpriced real estate? Well, that's New York. Everything's overpriced oh. real estate here. That's the whole, that's the whole city. It's now, and
0: you know, it's now it's bleeding out into other other cities. Do you know like, anyone who works out of WeWork? I used to work out of WeWork. Oh, really? Vitaly and I. Oh wow. Oh, how was yeah. it? Uh, the first office, the first space that we had was pretty cramped, and the second space that we had was decent. It's not bad. It's definitely expensive, but I don't know how much it would cost if, I rent, if you rented out that same kind of space with all the utilities on, on your own. Uh, I, I, we, we were at the one um, in Irving Plaza.
1: I just go door-to-door and ask people for their Wi-Fi password, and someone's got to give, right?
2: Yeah. Bill Nye the Science I, Wi-Fi. <laughs> just,
1: just Bill guess. Nye the Science Wi-Fi. I don't have to just pay a membership for that. Science Wi-Fi. Beer beel, 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 beel.
0: Okay. Well, why don't we... Uh, why don't What do we want to do this episode? It's called Kibitzing because just kind of... You know, we're still refactoring the show. We're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't. And it's really, it's really hard to go from one completely... One show that is very fleshed out to another type of show that's completely fleshed out without testing parts of it at a time. And so that's kind of what we're doing with these different segments. And, you know, I think, I think it's been said by not just, not just by us here, but it's been, it's been said by quite a few people that there's a lot of, there's a lot of fat that we can trim on the show. And that's what we're trying to
1: do. I've heard that from the thousands of
0: viewers. The yeah. Tens of thousands of viewers have, to, have, have tweeted at, at us at pull request
2: pod on need, Twitter. Need to A-B test crap out of this thing. With all the Come data out with two completely
0: got. different number 72 episodes and see which one plays better. And then, well, well, I'll spend a week on the same episode or, or two weeks reproducing the same episode. I don't know what you're day. talking
1: about. We already A-B test this episode. You're only hearing the A version. That's
0: true. Now, we'll we record it with... The with, B with, version's with, way better. <laughs> with, Sorry. With that reversed. And the rest of it will be the same. Or maybe not. You won't know. Anyway, um, you know, there was a, a, a data breach already. 2019's first data breach, not even through the first week of January. It was...
2: was it this time?
0: 30,000 state government's details fished. The details of a, an Australian civil servant were stolen when a directory was downloaded by an unauthorized third party believed to have fished the email address of a government employee in the state of Victoria. The Premier, Victoria Premier's Department said that it had referred the breach to the police... The Australian Cybersecurity Centre and the office of the Victorian Information Commissioner, Australia's A B C Network, reported.
1: I feel really comfortable hearing that after hearing they wanted to provide backdoors Doors to
0: everything. Yes. And I, this is with the current state of affairs. Uh,
1: Right. It, make, it makes a lot of sense. The actually.
0: government will ensure any learnings from the investigation are put in place to better protect against breaches that, like this in the future, the, the department said. The incident comes two days after Australia's national radio station operator, Nova Entertainment, Nova Entertainment, I can't do that, also <laughs> warned uh, th- uh, that, uh, that a legacy data set of information collected from listeners has been breached and publicly disclosed. Wonderful. CEO Kathy O'Connor said in a statement that the data was collected between May 2009 and October 2011 and included personal information, including name, gender, date of birth, contact
1: information, and user account details. Wonderful. Wow. User account details may include At social words. security number, credit <laughs> card number.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah. And and imagine if they're one of those companies that uses your social as an ID, which
1: because I know I know that some insurance companies do, which is supposed to be illegal, but yet. I think I'm held more accountable when I tell my dentist I floss. (laughs) Uh. Uh.
0: Have you heard of Artemis? New, the automatic and real-time detection and mitigation system. It's a research effort between the Inspire Group, fourth Greece, I guess the country, and the Center for (laughs) uh, and the Center for Applied Internet Data Analysis. And the University of uh, UC San Diego, uh, Artemis is a defense approach to various BGP border gateway protocol protocol prefix hacking hijacking attacks. A based on accurate and fast detection operated by the AS itself. What's the AS? What the, ah. Leveraging the pervasiveness of publicly available BGP monitoring services and the recent shift towards real-time streaming, thus be enabling flexible and fast mitigation of hijacking events. Compared to existing approaches and tools, Artemis combines characteristics desirable to network operators such as comprehensiveness, accuracy, speed, privacy, and flexibility. With the Artemis approach, prefix hijacking can be neutralized within a minute.
2: Who writes this crap?
0: Marketing people. Um. Yeah, but it's uh, I think, wasn't BGP hijacking Behind that Dyn Attack uh, A couple of years ago? Or was that a DDoS? You don't remember? No uh, Dyn is a major DNS provider I think this
2: is the first time I've heard of BGP
0: Really? Yeah ah. um, Let's see BGP hijacking BGP is how uh, Internet gateways talk to each other it's the Border Gateway
1: Protocol. Makes sense. They have a very well-documented GitHub repository. Who does for but, it uh, for? This Artemis. It's open source. Well, look, I mean, it, it has the whole country of Greece. How many issues are opened against it? There's one issue. There's 30 stars. Finish the program. There's no obvious code coverage.
0: There, is there any obvious
1: code? Any PRs? There's one PR. <gasps> he said that. They he said it. they use Docker Compose, so hmm. there's oh, some, something going. Speaking
0: on. Speaking of Docker Compose, uh, because I need to run uh, back to Next Train, because I need to run this on multiple environments, I need to Dockerize it, right? And use those like .env files. Need is well because right now, like the API word. host is hard coded in a JSON file. Like, how am I going to be able to move that around?
2: You could move things to environment. Variables, if you wanted, which is your .env stuff, but How, but doesn't isn't
0: doesn't dot, uh, doesn't .env get it loaded into Docker? So
1: Docker Compose takes a .env file, right? But uh, if you're running Docker itself and you're starting a container from an image, you have to actually specify each environment variable.
0: Oh, where does that get saved though?
1: That that doesn't get saved anywhere. I, I actually. So if you have to rebuild the image, you have to reset the environment variables. Yes, I mean that's the whole point because one image can be run across different environments.
0: But that's why the but that you want to spin up different
1: images for different environments, don't you? N- no, you run the same image well, for multiple oh, environments. But then
0: you so how do you prevent the manual? Is that Ansible? Is that what that it does? I'm sorry. Like, how would you prevent me from manually having to manage the environment settings between like running it locally and running it on my actual server on production? That with, so that, that would be the dot NV files with docker wouldn't it? That depends how you use it so doc- I mean this is a node app anyway, so it's going it's not even going to run like I have to reverse proxy it through Apache to get it to run on on next dot anyway so, if so I might as well throw it in docker.
1: Yeah, you need some type of orchestration software so docker like ansible: com- no, a- ansible is uh, config management. I mean you can technically do that. The difference between um, config management and orchestration, I swear to God. well um there are so the main uh, tool is kubernetes and you can run right 100%. you can feed environment variables through there, there uh, there's the idea of like a, a pod if i recall correctly um otherwise for your own local use you can use docker compose and that'll take a .env file along with allowing you to chain uh, or not chain but run multiple different containers uh that have to interact with each other in its own network. So I should put the... Okay. So, uh, you know, Gettily, you can always run a Docker Compose file on a server. But if you're looking for something more production-ready, you would use Kubernetes. Uh, because the idea but I, is...
0: But, I, but I, doesn't Kubernetes need multiple
1: servers? No, you can. I mean, the idea is that you should because then there is redundancy because a, it I'm does some small. balancing across. I'm a small
2: fish. I just have a VPS. This is, this is overkill.
1: Yeah, this is way overkill. You can. You could. You could
2: just. There's uh, libraries I out there. <laughs> no, there's <laughs> libraries out there to read .env files and feed them into your Node app. You'd there that, we go. Yeah, but, that's the but then,
0: there. but then I still have to manually like do that env local stuff and then not well, commit one of those files and then use that one. No, you, have have, the, you
2: have one on the on your server, and, yeah,
0: and you, one local. yeah. But I still they still have to be like they're still on the the, well, the invi- they're still on the environment. They're stuck there. Well, as it's a not very, part of the repository, it's not part on of the, the instance. Yeah, on the instance, well, right?
1: Nothing prevents you from just running. Docker you know what composed. I could do
0: actually is I could I could run some kind of bash script. That outputs a .nv file based on the environment that you plug in.
1: I mean, you're just getting around. I mean, Docker Compose is doing that for you. But do you run
0: Docker Compose to 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 spin up every instance of the containers?
1: What do you mean by that?
0: Because I mean, like, not to just build the containers, but I'm going to build. I'm going to build. I have my I have my Node app right, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to containerize it. So I'm going to I'm going to add it to a Docker container. Yes, I use Docker Compose for that.
1: Doc- yes, Docker Compose. But then
0: when I then I upload the the image, mm-hmm. I export it to I export the container to an image. I upload the image to my server. Yes. I load it into Docker.
1: So where do I do? I don't need y- Docker Compose there. Y- your VPS. You can install Docker. You can install Docker Compose. Well, what does Docker
0: work- Compose do with an already made image?
1: Docker Compose will basically run the Docker command. So when you're starting Docker, a container by itself, you would run something like docker run uh, dash IT, the name of the image. Right. And it, that and would then start the, it up. And then those. So, But if you have environment variables, you're going to have to specify uh, a bunch of options, dot uh, E, to specify each environment flag. So what Docker Compose would do for you is basically abstract those options out and the YAML file in Docker Compose, you would just specify, um, you can actually specify exactly the environment variables. If you want, you can utilize a .env file. Well, it, it, you have multiple options. So you can just have a .env file in the location of your Docker Compose file,
0: but my but, point is, I need I need a way of abstracting these variables outside of the uh, instance that they're
1: on. That's exactly what it's doing. So let's say you have a local dev environment and you have your server. So you you can deploy your repository uh, ignoring the .env file, which would be pertaining your local uh, configuration and pertaining your production configuration. And you would just run it on your server. When you run it on your server, your server has its own .env file. It will load those variables. Right, for Right, but, production.
0: I, but this, the, the server has its own .env file because I put it on the server. That's the idea. I don't want to have to manually do that, and then that, those variables are not tracked anywhere.
1: But you only, you, you only. So I'm sorry, I mean, I there's a reason. But it's not
0: that hard. It's I mean no okay, but no. I'm but trying to get a away from for this that. manual work. I'm but trying to get away from this hard coded abstract. I mean even like when you check out some of these repos, it's ask somebody else for this content. Like yeah, that's not a sustainable practice.
1: So you want to put something. What is usually in the .env file is going to be your database that's I said username script. I said you and database out, password. Stuff you should never commit. Yes. Stuff you should never commit. Unless it's encrypted. Unless uh, it's encrypted. You can so, e- commit it encrypted. But So now we're talking about secrets management, and that's its own issue because you're getting involved in a lot of effort for – I'm not saying there's not a reason to do that. In a corporate environment – you do need something to manage your secrets. You can do something like AWS, uh, Param Store. They'll, they'll store right. your secrets, and you can pull it through. But the sp- well, has, there's the
0: only two things. HashiCorp
1: thi- has one, too, yeah. right? I, I'm, yeah. Really yeah. Looking,
0: I'm really only looking.
1: I'm really. So for your purposes. I'm really only looking for two things,
0: which is I'm trying to. Now I'm too cold. Ah! Audio stuff never ceases to be a problem. Anyway. Uh I'm only looking for two things really the MTA API key that I have to use that varies per environment and the API uh, host name that varies per environment
1: So so why do you care about one small... Those are two things that need to change
0: on every environment Right so so I just need to do that but I I that either I
1: mean that that's not information so, so that can be config ma- that's your config management tool that's ansible It'll maintain so it will maintain several uh puppet chef uh, Terraform, whatever the hell you want, uh, that's where you're maintaining separate files uh, on each environment.
0: So I can tell Ansible to generate a file on this environment that has the contents of blobs. It
1: whatever. would be aware of the kind of server you're using the, for the environment and go, I'm going to put that .env file.
0: You know, it's interesting because I, I, I wrote Ansible scripts for a client, of a freelance client of mine, uh, that I'm doing, uh, that I'm hosting, which turned out to be a mistake, Uh, and, uh with with a friend of mine, and uh, I just totally, I'm just totally blanking on it now.
1: Don't don't ever offer to host any. It well, is, I
0: learned that much like I learned not to write my own PHP framework the hard way, yeah. it, because it, you know there's a va- yes. well. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. I'm a nice guy. That's the problem, and because I'm a nice guy, it will prevent me from it will prevent me from being a ruthless billionaire. Uh, a but B, it, it it does things like this. I have a freelance client. We have a great relationship. I care a lot about them. I value the relationship that we have. We've had it for many years. I notice that they're getting screwed by their hosting company. They're being charged $700 a month for a service that really should cost $300 a month at most. It's, but they've been paying it. It's with hosting.com. They've been paying it since like 2004, and they haven't changed it. They, and he even said, like, oh, we're supposed to have two dedicated boxes. They don't do that anymore. Nobody does it anymore. So... But he's still paying the price that it costs in 2004 for that stuff. So I said, "Look, I bet that with your sites aren't that heavy. Uh, here's a legacy site that has a million PDFs. That's another story. I didn't, I didn't make that. I didn't do that. I didn't do it. But anyway, but I said, I guarantee there's a way that we can figure out how to host this site very cheaply, and we'll charge you a nominal fee every month, and it'll be a lot less than you'll have to pay for this managed stuff. You know, and it's, and and so we set up." Uh, uh, two DO boxes. We have a lot. We have a reporting server uh, and a data uh, and a monitoring server. And yet, that doesn't work. That doesn't work.
1: See, I, I don't. I, I don't yeah, I, I think you misunderstood why it was seven hundred dollars in the first place. Because
0: then you have someone to yell at when uh, it doesn't work.
1: Hey, the difference in cost is responsibility, and that is priceless. Absolving yourself. Well, it's yourself, not priceless. It's seven hundred dollars. Oh, well, yeah, absolving yourself of responsibility is. It's a good thing to yes, have. And the amount Corporations of, their love site, that.
0: Their sites have not gone down that often. We actually only had to rebuild the container last week for the first time in six months. So that's good. However, of course, the call that, hey, my site doesn't work. I need, it, my, it's, my business is being choked off from life. Help me out. It comes at the worst time. And because I don't host people for a living, it's obviously I might be occupied doing something else. So... I, I, that's why I, this is a lesson I remember people telling me in 2005 they shouldn't host somebody else's site, and now in 20 and I signed the deal in 2017. Twelve years on, didn't it
2: didn't affect me? And it's, now, when you're sitting on the toilet, you get the call. Exactly.
0: Or, I, or, cons- I'm, or I'm indisposed with another client doing something that's that's that I can't leave them from like I mean, using the toilet in their office.
1: Have you considered to moving them to Heroku or even Amazon Beanstalk, which is... Con- what's, a be-
0: what's a good way to, to host a LAMP site these days? Except, here's the big caveat, except that the legacy site is written in 1999
2: PHP 4. I don't want to think about this. <laughs> the,
0: web- the website's not even Y2K compliant. When you log on to the website, it says the current year is nineteen nineteen.
2: That sounds.
0: And it's sounds running right. the back office of their business. It's still it's in it's in. What did you say last time? It was in like it's in gross PHP four.
3: It's but it dirty, still dog works. PHP dirty dog PHP four. Dirty dog
0: PHP four. So what? That was the what code can, name, right? What yeah. can we do to put that in a nice home until I finish the the real site, which is in hot dog less than dirty dog puppy dog php 56
2: you didn't even go for 7
0: we could do 7 i don't think i don't think there's anything F- that five, i'm using in 56 six that, no that can't be i know it's been eol but what i'm saying is i don't think that uh, there's anything in 7 that would uh, that would uh, prevent it, prevent us from migrating the uh, point is except for the legacy back office stuff that was written in 1999 it's like you can't what do you do with that it, we couldn't even dockerize it because that also, that website, in addition to running their back office, it, uh, it's, it generates PDFs every time somebody places an order. It generates a file on the server anytime anybody in the world places an order then on the website. It gets printed out? It gets printed to a PDF.
2: No, printed physically after the PDF. Oh, I don't know. On a dot matrix printer. <laughs> no, I need a no adult. it's at least an ink check because it's letter size. The point is is that it's it's every
0: every order, every reservation if you have multiple like items in your order, you have multiple PDFs so their server is like i'm not kidding has three hundred thousand PDFs on it that that if they don't exist some it's gonna mess up some kind of back office link and they just have to keep running until I create the I already have it, but we haven't implemented it yet. Like the print-on-demand, you click print certificate and it just streams it to you rather than saving it to the server for no reason? Anyway.
1: I need an adult.
0: How do So anyway, to bring it all the way back around, where do we put this? Because I don't want to host this website is anymore. The
1: PHP, how separable is the PHP 4 portion or it is Completely the separate. whole portion?
0: The PA, the, there's, two, there's two portions to the site. There's the production site and then there's a legacy site. And the ordering is done through a gross, dirty dog iframe where oh we my God. iframe the legacy site into the production site. And we do a, a slightly less than secure cross-domain login. It works. And uh, I generate a session hey. token on either side, and I make sure that they agree. I'm not, I'm not, it's not so, that bad. So, so, but even still, so then, so then you place the order through the legacy site, and then, the, and then it generates all the legacy stuff. Including the emails and the
1: PDFs. Store the modern parts on a service you don't have to actively manage.
0: But the stuff that goes down is the stuff that is the legacy. Because it's so
1: old. I heard Japan might be hitting PHP 4 now. Might <laughs> want to consider outsourcing. I thought they were supposed <laughs> to be in the future. They're on jQuery 1.8, I think.
0: Oh, is that is
1: that really That's
2: what they use on uh yahoo.co.jp yeah. But that's for nostalgia, isn't it? No, that's used daily. No, that's my homepage. This is serious business. Why does yahoo.jp re- redirect to co.jp? No.
1: It does. This must be new.
0: Really? I just typed it in
1: I did go.jp Well
0: I, I don't know that. I'm an ignorant American. Oh, you I mean, just went oh, to yahoo.jp
1: oh, and it redirected to Oh, I see what you mean. You're yes. trying to be helpful.: It's always done that. It I thought you meant it, it redirected to a all, site. Look at all this that looked like CSS. it was in 2019.
0: Did they make this in front page.: What is this Google site verification? No, this looks like
1: WordPress.: They, they use no. the Netscape Navigator editor.:
0: Oh my God, I remember that. Ah, oh my God, I remember that. That's
1: really bad. No one wants to tell the CEO he's living in ignorance.
2: This honestly might be... He's never used a computer.
1: He's, a, he's always had somebody else He's always had an him. expert do it. They just ask him for the metrics and someone just tells him... And he's him, the one that, that pushes
0: not. them aside and gets in front of the microphone so he takes all the credit. See, I, why can't I be one of those people? Because you're a nice guy. That, uh, see, that's the problem. Uh, nice guys finish last, just like you be Bernie a Sanders. I, I think it would be, have I, been not, helpful. I am not... A, I, i i'm not a shark i guess i'm not a christian bale in either american psycho or the big short where he played two identical but yet completely different stockbrokers
1: well if you were able to build a time machine go back in time
0: Christian bale might be an asshole in real life
1: be born in Imagine favorable economic conditions off, if you cut off christian
0: bale like on the street what, do he just shout at you in the Batman, like a British Batman voice, You're like "How dare you cut in front of me"? He asks you how much
1: t- weight he needs to, before he talks to you, and then he'll transform into that weight <laughs> before interacting with did you. Did you
0: Did you ever see Christian Bale's Matrix? It's called Equilibrium.
1: I did. What do you What do you What do you think? It, it's a hot piece of crap, but I really love it, is a it hot because piece of crap. I was a, a kid really amped into that kind of stuff. Absolutely,
2: like in 2001. Like in The
1: Matrix. It was great. A lot of
2: phosphorus green going around.
1: No, actually, I don't think it was a lot
0: of green, but it was a lot of those like rotating cameras and sleek fight scenes. Yeah, and, all and they had their own... Max Payne
1: style. They had yeah. their own special martial art. It was called Gunkata. Uh, basically, it's martial arts, but with guns. What they believe is that <laughs> there are optimal shooting angles and there are optimal ways to To uh, dodge, and then they had a really serious close combat scene with guns, where they just continually prevented each other from firing and reloading. It was very intense. Wow, were they sweating bullets? They were sweating bullets. Wow! The the villain said, "Don't tread on my dreams," and then they engage in combat. (laughs) What's funny is, uh, all right, all right,
0: take it easy, guys. What's funny is that. I remember I watched it actually in high school. Like I was a sophomore, no, I was a junior in high school. I think when I saw the movie, which was a little late. I think it came out in like oh one, and I was a junior in oh three. Anyway, dating myself, I'm old. Anyway, um, but I remember we watched like the the DVD commentary where they talk to Christian Bale, and because and every all of the movies that he's in and anything I'd seen him in, he always like does it really kind of tight lipped, like very kind of overly enunciated. You don't it could sound like anything. And then they did the DVD commentary. He just kind of, you know, very wide mouthed, like, oh, for this scene, we were sitting over here, right? And then the cameraman, he comes over and he says, Chris, you got to dodge the bullet. It's coming right for your head, mate. And then I'm going, "God, where is it? I can't see it. And then I'm like, where is this coming
1: from? That's pretty good. That's, a, yeah, he's Welsh, isn't he?
0: Like, where is he coming from? And, <laughs> and he just like turns it on and turns it off. And then, like, for, and that was
1: way before Batman. I don't know if you know this, but. He he's part of a profession called acting. Acting.
0: <laughs> no, I know, but it's just no. Because there was a, there was another guy. Because uh, I watched over the break, I watched Roger Rabbit. Because I'm in, I'm in love with Richard Williams. You
2: dislike that movie? Why do you dislike that? I don't movie? know. It freaked, no. no. it freaked me out. No, freaked me out.
0: No. I, yeah,
2: it was the scene.
0: The, it was no. Yeah, uh, the, the, it freaked the, what, me out. Scene,
2: too. scene. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's I, funny. I,
0: you know, it's funny. Spoiler alert: Christopher Lloyd knew that he was a tune. The minute that he read in the script that his character didn't blink. And he, and he tried not, to, and he didn't blink whenever he was on camera, even though he was behind glasses most of the time, so you couldn't really tell. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, I love that movie because of the animation aspect. Oh. It was all done by hand, all yeah. done. Not, I mean, and we were alive for it. And it came out in 88, and, uh, 88 or 89. And um, what is it? It was, it was right before computer animation. Took, yeah. Ruined everything, and because everything was hand drawn, you can and you you watch. Uh, and obviously, now that I've watched the movie, I've seen all the you know the extra stuff and the you know what the blue screen source footage looked like compared to the composed. And it was, I mean, it was maddening the work that they had to do. They had they drew they a had motion control uh, devices that are like these little hydraulic levers or pulleys that get painted over, but move the, the real life bits like trays or or, or objects around that then get painted over by the animation. But then then there's that animation gets photographed four different ways. It, it gets photographed normally, as in just like right on the top, like they do. They, it's photographed backlit as a mask. It gets photographed two other ways that I can't remember. All those four and that's every frame. There was fifty-three minutes of animation, just animation in Roger Rabbit. It's times twenty-four. Fifty-three times twenty-four is. Come on, math nerds! Really? I got to break out my
2: TI-89. times twenty-four
0: is twelve hundred and seventy-two. So times four, so five thousand eighty-eight cells. Sorry, fifty-three minutes times. I'm, I've missed a big one. Times sixty times twenty-four. Three hundred and five thousand two hundred and eighty cells were produced. For Roger Rabbit by hand And Those were then t- given Those were then taken to ILM To be composited into the live action movie Because there hadn't actually been A movie that combined Live action and animation where the camera moved around Even in Mary Poppins The camera was flat And Robert Zemeckis uh, who, was the, who was the director uh, You know he did Back to the Future uh, That's where Christopher Lloyd came from And, uh, what is it? And he, he, there was, I saw this video of him talking to Richard Williams, and he's like, why do they, why do animators say that the camera can't move around? And and Richard Williams goes, they're being lazy. Definitely. Our job as animators is to animate what looks like real life. If the camera moves around, our characters have to move around. That's the job of an animator. Of course, it's a lot more work. It'll cost a lot more money. But that's, if that's what you want, that's what we'll get. And that's what they did. And so th- so what happened was, because of the masking, like I, I mentioned, be- they had to paint over, every frame that was supposed to have animation was faxed to Richard Williams' studio in London. And they then traced over that, and then drew over that, and then inked over that for the- every frame of the movie. And that's how you're able to frame by frame kind of match it to where the camera is. Um, but the thing is, is that, there are sometimes like when that when that when uh, what's what's Robert Roger Rabbit's uh, wife? Uh, she she's you know like the the hot Jessica Rabbit. Jess, yeah, thank you, Jessica Rabbit. She does that like you know saunter out, uh, in the beginning, and you see that originally her legs are painted over the people in the audience, but because of those four different ways, oh, it was a tone mat and a highlight mat. And and no, so sorry. It was a highlight mat and a shadows mat. So that allows, so that gives the characters depth, because you notice like they always have shadows on them. It's not just painted on. So that combined with the mask were all optically printed together. And I have no idea exactly how an optical printer works, but it's a very complex camera that combines different elements and creates a new photograph. And you do that twenty four times, and you have a second of film. And so that's how they were able to like. I don't think it was hand stenciled either. It's like some complex way without computers or maybe with very basic computers. They were able to composite, to compose this Im- these images together so the cartoon doesn't overlap someone in person, even though they're technically behind them from the projection. You know what I mean? I, the, like that type of stuff is fascinating to me. Much more than, than
1: drawing boxes on a computer screen. 1988 was a dark time in my life. I was two were, years old. You were two? And it developed... And watching we that movie. know how old you are. You forgot last watching time. Watching that movie developed a prejudice... Against rabbits? Against 2D characters. Uh, n- and now knowing the hardships that the 3D characters, the real-life people faced, dealing with these 2D, it just reinforced all of that prejudice. Well, oh, by the way, I forgot. The whole reason why I brought up Roger Rabbit was because the, um,
0: the lead actor, um, Bob Hoskins... He's another one of those, like, you know, tight-lipped kind of, oh, you come here, you rascally rabbit! And then you see him talking uh, off-camera in the commentary. He's another one of these wide-mouthed, you know, nasally British guy, you know, he's coming over here, and they tell me I can't see him because, you know, he's a cartoon. And, he's, and he does that, like, no he does one of those pauses where he, like, takes a long sniff. It's like, that's a very British thing. And, like, where's that? And, and you see them in the scenes where he's on set, and he's wearing these very 80s glasses. And then, and then, and he's like, all right, so I'm right here, mate, and I, and, and, the, and Roger's over here, and I, and I take him, and I move him, and, and, and then, and then, and then they're like, okay, you got it, action, and like, you come over here, you rabbit, and it's just like, his voice completely changes in a second, and it goes, I don't, I don't know, it's in, it's, I know, he's a good actor, but it just, it's, the, the, the juxtaposition between the very kind of tight-mouthed way of speaking and the very kind of wide way that English people seem to talk.
1: Anyway, we have a lot of television shows where British actors do very, very convincing. Bad. No, they're, they're really good. They do. The very mentalist. Convincing.
0: You, ever, you see the mentalist? Mentalist? with uh, That that guy's Australian. Um, yeah. How do
2: they do oh, actually, they all so well? Because yeah. we, we own media. We, can, we can't do their acting. Because
0: we own media. They grow up watching our television shows. There are so many. I, in fact, I've heard that that people, because I'm, I'm so fascinated by accents as well, because they're going away along with Winter, that, um, <laughs> that uh, I, I read somewhere that there was an Aussie guy who spent like two weeks straight just alone watching American television. He went into the office and they're like, hey, where in the States are you from? He's like, what are you talking about? I'm from Australia. But like, he picked up whatever kind of American tones that we have, and, and I don't know if you started hitting his R's a little more or what, but like, he sounded more American. And that's the influence we have by being the world's media giant.
2: There's going to be one lone British kid out there listening to this show. He's going to pick up up the accent.
0: I wish. What is he going to do? Sound like me? I already sound like a caricature of myself.
1: I played that game on Netflix. The interactive uh, movie, Bandersnatch? What? Uh, What? Did you hear about this? Is that the Black Mirror? Yeah, the Black Mirror. Tell me about it. Um, So there... Well... There's a character that I saw on uh, the actor I saw on Meet the Millers. Uh, he, he had an American accent. I had no idea he was British. And then I'm playing this game or this movie. I don't know how to refer to it in terms of verbs, but I'm okay. I'm interacting Watching. with it. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's, well, one, it's it's incredible in terms of uh, there are bi- so it's this movie and they provide you choices. There are only two choices, uh, and it's like a it's. It's a very meta interactive uh, video that is prefaced under this developer is trying to make this choose-your-own-adventure. But it's meta in the same way that this interactive movie is a choose-your-own-adventure oh, of the choose-your-own-adventure. Yes, I'm so sick but, of this
0: meta stuff. But what I like it's is it's been
1: going on for so long. What I do like, though, is the amount of branching and choices. It's you, a movie about you, a game about a game about and, a movie. Right, but it also runs seamlessly, and there are so many. How times, do you interact with it? So, uh, I mean, I watched on the PS4. So, so you have a controller. Yeah, they give you a left, right option. And I have Netflix on my iPad. Would it have like buttons? I they definitely have support. I'm really impressed. How's the focus management on that? It. What do you mean? Never mind. Uh, okay. Anyway.
2: Um, I think I'm going to have to watch this now. It,
1: yeah. I, my girlfriend spent two, three hours just going over and over because we thought we would see repeated scenes in terms of other choices. We thought it would uh, branch in a looping type of way because, you know, we're lazy. We like to re- reuse clips. No. They put all the effort... In which it, when it branches back to itself, yeah, there are new clips that refer. What sorts of things? We're gonna be a hit factory.
2: Like most of the clips, generally. You heard it
0: here. We're facts. gonna be the Motown of computer games. Understand you. <laughs> how long does it
2: Like, if you make a decision, how long does it generally play it for?
0: Uh,
2: maybe a couple of minutes. Okay. Remember those Goosebumps Choose Your Own Adventure books? Yeah, there was All those Choose Your Own Adventure books were garbage. Garbage? I
0: loved the crap better than when I was a kid. And now I don't even read anymore. It's so sad. Except for Wikipedia on the toilet. Anyway.
2: Well, I don't get the interactivity from watching this trailer, Wayne. I wonder if they just use all of their unedited footage and then just turn that into a bunch of clips. It's so high
1: effort. Yeah, yeah, definitely take a look. Is this set in the 80s too? Yes.
0: God damn it! I'm so sick. I'm so sick of meta stuff. I'm sorry. Those are two separate pet peeves: meta stuff and stuff from the 80s. It's over. The 80s were great. The 80s were. Great. We don't even know what you. We were born in the 80s. It doesn't count. No, we didn't. We were born during Reagan. That's it. We I, like in the, in the early '90s. We're still kind of the '80s, but yet yeah, it's not the same. The '90s stuff is coming
2: next.
0: The '90s stuff is here now. What are you talking about? That's true. The 2000s. It's going to be the 2000s again. Bell which, bottoms is all over. Again. It's already bell bottoms. They're coming out. I just and you know what I like though that it is coming back from the '70s, which is a double retro plaid suits. Plaid suits? I love plaid suits. I wish I were alive in the 70s, A, just to go see all that funk music live, and B, see Pink Floyd live, and C... Wear uh, plaid suits see Pink Floyd live? Su- yeah. I wouldn't wear plaid suits to see Pink Floyd. I'm not a narc, but... I get to use words like narc, but... <laughs> but, uh, no. Uh, those plaids, I love that overly gaudy fashion from the 70s, and you it's could, just so sad that everything's so muted now. You could pull it off. Thank
2: you. You can just wear it again. You can.
0: There's no. nothing saying as, you
2: can't. As Wayne said to me one no. time, you're an adult. You can do whatever you want.
0: I'll, I'll wear my graffiti hoodie before I'll put on a plaid suit. There's no reason but, for me as a developer it, to walk it, around in a plaid suit. Well, this is exactly
1: sure. what I say when I walk around naked at, at the office. Uh, I show up. You at least
0: as, wear that black sensor bar, though. Yes. Which is. Of course. That's appropriate. And it's a workplace. It's, it's necessary. But it's got to stay up somehow. But yeah. they
1: go, why would you. Do it this way. And I go, it feels I, I'm more comfortable. This, well, no. I'm an adult. I can make these choices. Uh, this is this, this is generally no consequences ever. Uh, if no. it feels good, do it. No,
0: I mean. Except uh, not because it, yeah. that's a, not what a giant I company mean, wants uh, you to do.
1: My manager at McDonald's does yell at me. Um, but, but you keep overcooking the fries, Wayne. That's <laughs> yeah. why you get yelled yeah, at. Well, he tells me it's like a health safety well, because the, the, the fat that
0: they're fried in, once it reaches, once it goes beyond the smoke point, it becomes madly carcinogenic. And because you keep overcooking the fries, you're actually damaging the people's livers who are eating them. Oh,
1: I, I never knew that.
0: That's why you're getting yelled at. Come oh. on, stop overcooking the fries. Uh, McDonald's fries are supposed, they're an American staple. They're supposed to be crisp on the outside and chewy on the inside. And the only reason why I know that is because I've watched that Michael Keaton McDonald's movie five times. Anyway, um... Uh, <laughs> I like McDonald's as a company. I just can't eat there because their food is poison. So, McDonald's, uh, have it your way. That's Burger King. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I love McDonald's though because I mean, think about it. It's it's such an a uh, they're a one of the best capitalist enterprises of, of the 20th century. And B their story has been used has been has, like what's had like what Ray Kroc did to McDonald's is what Mark Zuckerberg did to the Winklevoss twins. You know, that's like what Ron Perlman did to NSYNC. It's like, what I no, I don't know about the last one, but you know, like that's, that's that, that type of story uh, is, is a good story to tell. Cause it teaches you about protecting your own stuff, but also the people, it turns out that the artisans are not too business minded and the business sharks don't necessarily produce anything, and I think that's one of the reasons why Steve Jobs was, and even and even Bill Gates were looked at, or you know, in that in that light, because they were business sharks that also produced things that were good or enough, good enough, because uh, whoever needs more than six forty k of RAM. Um, but anyway, so that I don't know, it le- it leads to yeah. How much on-hands work do you think Steve Jobs did? I mean, I think he literally walked behind everyone's cubicle and kind of peered into what they were looking at. And if he had a problem with it, he would talk to you. But I don't they, know how true that is, but I, I, based on what I've heard about him. I think he knew his stuff, though. He knew design and was... business really well. He knew human interaction, design. Business, humanity, psychology.
2: There was a story about him and John Carmack having an interaction, and one of his lead Who's engineers the, on, uh, from ID Software. He wrote um, Wolf 3D, Doom, Doom. doom. Oh, Doom. Okay. Yeah, um, Doom or Dune? Doom, Doom, Quake. Oh,
0: oh, okay, gotcha.
2: Yeah, and and uh, Steve Jobs called out his uh, lead graphics engineer, and was in. He he understood what was going on at. Remember, Steve Jobs did used
0: to work for Atari at night because he wouldn't shower or wear shoes.
1: That's a real story. That that was
0: after his LSD phase. Oh, during his LSD phase.
1: Well, I do like the idea, one, John Carmack meeting with Steve Jobs to bitch about some what normally developers would do. Something most business-minded people would see as completely arbitrary uh, because you have a working product and... Two for him to actually take his word uh that was not the what I expected from that story, and then call out the you know the lead graphics uh and then, and then what happened
2: with yeah. that did the, he get fired no no, i think they they they, bought did, him? they did the right thing, which was the thing that Carmack was suggesting. What was the problem I don't get what the problem was what Something do you
1: mean about some performance related issue is it OpenGL? No, is, is, open g l that's OpenGL. yeah this is uh, dates that I like don't GDI, recall. But that's Windows. Um, I thought it was. Well,
0: OpenGL was the l- late 90s. Listeners, late you, 90s? you can. Yeah, go- you can uh, it's
1: 2019. You can Google it. Can Google. What did they use? Google
2: on the street. It was like Mac paint. No, they used the uh, well, late 90s. It was OpenGL. No, in, but in this Mac is before West. then, I thought. No, Wasn't this uh, is no? ar- around then. Oh, OK. It was OpenGL.
0: Makes sense. Uh, I mean, look, there's always that story I love telling of, of uh, Steve Jobs' looking at the original iPhone, one of the early iPhone prototypes uh, given by uh, given to him by the crack engineering team that he had. You mean the Apple Newton? No, come on. He wasn't around for that. Um, but I'd still love one if anyone wants to send one to me. You know, the models on the Newton were left-handed because Apple, they think differently. Anyway, uh, what is it? No, so he calls the engineers that are in there to show him, obviously, I'm sure they're sweating bullets, uh, showing him the prototype of the iPhone. Like, you know, it's still early days, not finished yet. He goes, ah, make it thinner he goes, guys, Steve, we can't, it's impossible. Like, the th- you know, heat tolerances, thresholds, you know, screws, all this stuff. It has to fit in a box somehow, but it's, we can't make it any thinner. So he takes their prototype, there's only one of them, and he throws it into an aquarium uh, the, across his office. Goes into the aquarium and air bubbles come out. <clears throat> and he goes, see? Air bubbles. You can make it thinner. Make it thinner. That's Steve Jobs. That's what's missing from Apple right now, which is why
1: everything that they're doing is complete trash.
0: We'll
1: get to that in a minute. But... He- Do you think it would have made a difference if it were an open office environment and Steve Jobs sat within the open office environment and overheard all the reasons that they couldn't actually make it thinner and then reason it to himself that, oh, they can't make it thinner. I'm sitting here hearing all of their conversations, all of their implementation hiccups, and now I'm going to be reasonable about it.
0: I don't think so because he knew – I mean that would make more rational sense. But I don't think he was a very rational guy. And he was a very creative guy. He was very driven. I don't think he was very rational. I think that he had the faith that something was possible. And when he had the faith that something was possible, he pushed the people to do it. Bill Byrd does a great bit about, about the like Jesus. The, over the yeah, the how how Steve Jobs is overloved despite his not really doing anything. And he's just like, oh you know, stay eating an apple. And he's going, I want to take this whole record collection over here. I'm going to fit in my pocket. And his engineers go, Steve, we can't do it. Like, I don't care. Give me another Apple. And that's Steve. And then I, like, I would totally believe that because that's, he, he knew that some way it was possible. And he would also cope with less than what he originally wanted if, it was, if he could believe that it wasn't technically possible, but the things that he was able to do, or rather, I'm sorry, the things that he was able to push people to do. And as someone who tries to push people to do things, I understand how hard it is to get people to do anything. <clears throat> um That it's he'll he under, he'll understand if it's not a hundred percent, but he'll also understand if that you messed up. Remember uh, Mobile Me, and he, he this was in like 2006 or 2007. Uh, Mobile Me. Was a big flop and it didn't work. And he called them all into some, uh, you know, uh, presentation room that they have, you know, with this stadium seating and a projector. And he just stands on the stage and he goes, Guys, why the F doesn't this work? Why doesn't it work? And then they tell him, and he goes, You're all fired. Get out of here. That's it. That's Steve Jobs. Cookie is a nice guy. You know, he's not going to do stuff like that. That's why Apple is in the, is in the gutter right now.
2: Now, how many people got ground up and burnt out because of Steve Jobs? Because pushing of him, them?
0: 80 hours a week was the, was you were, you were proud because of the American work martyrdom culture that we have.
2: Proud of the permanent stress and anxiety. Yes. And the, and the, and the fact that we,
0: which then leads to more health problems that we have to pay for because we don't have socialized medicine. And then you die early and
2: you can't enjoy the social security that we yeah. won't get.
0: Yeah. It's great. Uh, but I mean, I the mean, work modernism has its own issues There are so many people that come into an office And they're really sick Or you hear them coughing all day That really should stay home But no, I've got to be there for some reason Even though I just type on a computer all day And I talk to people on the internet still, i got to go um, But yeah, anyway, you know what? Since we spent so much time talking about Apple I would feel remiss if we just didn't dive into An Apple attack! Where we take a now bigger poop On Apple First up Apple's shares fell sharply Wednesday afternoon after it lowered its first quarter revenue guidance. Man, remember when Apple was improving every quarter? It was like, how much better could they do? Well, now we know. In a letter to investors, CEO Tim Cook said Apple was revisiting its revenue guidance to $84 billion. That's a lot of money. Down from the $89 to $93 billion it had previously projected, and pinned the lower guidance in part to a slowing market in China and the fact that people aren't buying new iPhones... Apple shares more, fell more than 7% after hours, after trading was briefly halted ahead of the announcement. Um, the move from the Cupertino-based iPhone maker, one of the world's largest companies, is sure to set off further volatility in the U.S. stock
1: market that is making my 401k worth even less. I think it doesn't, it's not that much of an issue because they spent the past year uh, spending I believe 100 billion dollars in stock buybacks. So that would Well, they also be- repatriated a lot of money too. Yeah, oh, yes, that's true. Uh, um, but the stock price is inflated a bit because of the stock buybacks. I think it's been buybacks. inflated for a little while. Well, that's since- uh, that's the difference. But that's
0: isn't it like Carl Icahn isn't he's a person that like yells at at Tim Cook with like saying, "Oh, you need to do this to make your stock price go up." An activist investor that he is. I don't know if it's him, there's somebody, anyway. Anyway, uh, here's what Cookie said to CNBC. If you look at our results, uh, results, our shortfall is over 100% from iPhone and it's primarily in greater China. Which, over 100%, over 100% from iPhone. It's over 100%. I, I'm, not, I'm not getting what he's, what he's saying. It's clear that the economy began to slow there and that our $1,000 phones aren't selling well in a country that doesn't have as much money as we do. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, Tim. Um,
1: yeah. Moving on. I, I mean, I don't know what people expect. If you have 100. The products bi- are mature. That's the problem. Y- y- well, yeah. If so- you have $100 billion in cash. Um, generally the expectations you're d- reinvesting that money or you're well, going you know, to not pay doing, out a dividend is there
0: not is they're not researching various ways of improving their keyboard because their keyboards are still garbage having reformatted i even i upgraded a touch bar macbook pro to Mojave recently it shipped with High Sierra and uh, i th- and i really feel like Mojave is taxing the computer more because when, it's, when it's, I have a 4K monitor, when it's plugged into the monitor, and I just move the mouse around in a circle, it, like, there's like one part of the circle that just kind of sticks a little bit. I'm like, this is a computer that's six months old, and it's has like a frames. four gigabyte graphics card, and it's not even, the 4K monitor's not even at 4K, and it's, it can't, it's a mouse cursor! Making it's just kind of like it's just not a hundred percent, and and I'm pretty sure it wasn't like that in High Sierra, and I kind of want to go back and take a look. I still have the image on a flash drive that, of course, I can't plug into the computer without an adapter. Should go back to Snow Leopard. Snow Leopard was the peak. No, Leopard was the peak. Leopard was it when they right when they introduced spaces. Snow Leopard was when they started locking it down, actually. That's when they started letting- uh, I think that's Snow Leopard when they stopped letting you, with core audio, get like a completely raw audio stream. I think they started like encoding it somehow.
1: What anyway, kind of 4K monitor are you plugging it into? It's a it's a Dell 27 oh, inch It's not an Apple 4K monitor? Apple. They don't have any. Then, oh. I'd
0: have to get a 4K I, or 5K
1: iMac Pro. Exactly. And four. then
0: use that as a Thunderbolt display. Well, for my obviously, MacBook. that's your
1: issue. No one said you could plug in a MacBook Pro into, into a 4K Dell monitor. Dell oh my monitor. God. No, it has to be an um, LG Wayne, monitor. I, I think that's bucks. sacrilege. I think about that.
0: I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You're right. I need to get an Apple Thunderbolt display. Even though the computer doesn't have a
1: Thunderbolt port anymore. The Apple Thunderbolt so a, display a US... can be purchased at www.apple.com.
0: apple.com. By the way, Apple also say that cheap battery replacement hurt their iPhone sales, not the fact that their phones are so effing expensive having just purchased one myself. By the way, if you look behind you, Keith, you see that gray, silvery package behind the windscreen? Yes. Can you take that out? And what is that? It's an iPhone case That is, right, and what
2: does it say? For an iPhone 10.
0: That's it This is a case uh, For my iPhone XS That I hope still works But it has a headphone port on it
3: And Just a, tease.
0: a lightning And I think this is lightning or USB-C port on it as well And a little lightning connector in there it's not doubly insulated, so I have no idea when I drop my phone 50 times how much it's going to... That's not
1: a headphone port. That's actually a stylus port. Ooh. Stick Funny. the stylus in... uh, I don't... Well, what what else goes into a uh, that... Can go into that hole? A microphone. Um, oh, it's... It's...
2: I just use the old molding.
0: But here's Print the thing: the reason why I had to get a case like this is because I, I this is now I'm, I'm, I'm at wit's end with the second headphone adapter I've had to buy for my phone. I've had my phone for two months. This adapter, which is supposed to be pro level audio, doesn't work under forty degree under fifty degrees, not even forty degrees, not even below freezing. Doesn't work under fifty degrees because it was probably developed in San Francisco during the
1: summer, where it's only fifty degrees there's Anyway. What I think Apple should do is actually get rid of all ports. Uh, All ports are a security hazard, as you know. Um,
0: Yeah, but I can't get wireless headphones that fit well. That's the problem. Well, no.
1: I mean, you use your iPhone once, you get a new one. Uh, Why deal, you know, all these security issues? You don't need exposed ports. You don't need to charge it. Those are all points. Those are all vectors where your phone can be compromised. I I think the best option... Along with, a, you know, a software exploit. Use even. the iPhone daily, shipped to you every day.
0: I don't know. Fresh iPhone? Reach out to me, Oh, Apple. I see what you I saying. got ideas. A fresh one every day. It, but it's not going to be the newest one every day. It'll just be a new iPhone. If you haven't Comes seen with, it, it's it, new to you. It Comes will, with no adapters, there
1: It's the subscription model. It'll be a new hardware every day. I
0: like it. I like it. Um, yeah. Uh, last year, Apple admitted it was tro- throttling, not trottling, throttling older iPhone models to compensate for degrading batteries that caused the phones to sometimes shut down. In fact, my iPhone 6S would turn off if it were under 40%, which and then it it would turn back on once you plugged it in, but as soon as you plugged it in, it would turn back on, so it's not like you needed to to charge. It was just some kind of short that turned it off. I got a battery replacement for it shortly before I got the new iPhone, and that only helped the battery life for like a week. And, I don't know. Uh, and, and now they say it's hurting. Well, yeah, because maybe people are using their phones for longer before they want to plop down twelve hundred and fifty bucks for the new F-man phone.
2: Yeah, that's a lot of money.
1: I had the original iPad One, which had a whopping one hundred and twenty-eight megabytes of memory. This is not the, that uh, long the ago. The original iPad had one twenty-eight megs. Yes. No. Yes. It didn't have like and one gig. No. And then are you I, serious? I would browse the App Store, and it would just crash that's because impossible. it ran out I, of I, memory. IOS takes. More than 128 minutes I had to jailbreak it And disable all running background services So I could browse the app store What? It's true Look it up Are you sure you're not talking about RAM? No Oh, No, no It, it, it is the memory 128 uh, Megabytes Megabytes A memory I don't That seems pretty low for 2010 What's that, 2010? 2010? That's when the iPad that came sounds, out. That sounds... Yeah. Well, yes. That, that was my thought, too.
2: Well, if you've got to make it, you know, thin enough, you can only fit so much. So many MBs in there.
0: I, I don't... I don't really... I have a hard time believing that. But whatever. If you had one, it's hard to argue against. And now oh. you can get a 128GB iPad Pro that's clogging up Google so I can't figure out uh, I was wrong or you were right. Anyway... Um, oh,
1: oh, I'm sorry. It was 256. 256. That's still, I mean, uh, for 2010. We're, we're real good about fact-checking here. We have the internet. It's 2019. It's 256. Hey, it wasn't, that wasn't on Wikipedia. It is. I, or I didn't see uh, You read very slow. You should take some speed re- reading classes at speedreading.com. I can take speed while reading. <laughs> How's that? that works, too.
0: Um... <laughs> Oh, yeah, there was CES. Uh, uh, I think that's all we have to talk about. So that's been our Apple Attack.
2: Chip tunes. I love chip tunes.
0: Yeah. You know what that was from? No. I, I'll tell you off the air, just in case it's a, okay, an issue. <laughs> anyway, um, moving on, uh, cesspool happened, or is happening. CES 2019 is upon us in Las Vegas, and it's just more cell phones and televisions.
2: Who would go to that? People who
0: talk on cable news about technology and have to. I remember,
1: um, is E3 still a thing? Yes. Wow. It has gone back really? and forth being uh, like a, journal, a journalist-only conference to one that opened up to the public that one back i think right now it's open to everyone because i remember watching like tech tv back in the day and
0: they were they would you know be live at e3 but that's back when games were games it's back when computers were really computers and real cool stuff was happening and it's not just a now we have an 8k display then we'll have a 12k display
1: if i'm not mistaken sony is Skipping this year's E3. Are they skipping this year's CES?
2: I don't know. They've got better things to do. I don't know. I I heard the
0: most money that Sony makes actually comes from insurance and not from their horrible... Actually, their electronics
1: aren't bad. I don't keep track of new TVs because I don't... Well, that's what we'll see in
0: CES 2019. We'll see even wider monitors even that are like a 32 by 9 uh, Samsung monitor. Why
2: can't... 4x3 four, four needs to come back. It is. That's what the iPad is. Uh, for monitors. It's technically a monitor. I want and, a 1x1 monitor, too. A 1x1 one one
1: monitor. I want 1920x1920. Oh. No. The display should be flexible enough to stretch to different resolution. and shrink. <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Ah, 1080p. At a, yeah.
1: Uh, Put it in your pocket. Take you it go. with you.
0: Uh, CES 2019 will be another showcase for 8K TVs, but there's no content, so people don't care.
2: By the way, uh, there there is a one-by-one one monitor out on the market. And
0: what would you, I mean, like, okay, how big is it?
2: Uh, it's pretty big, and it's about 1100 bucks.
0: what's the resolution?
2: 1920 by 1920. Wow. I was really tempted to uh, buy you know, one. Oh, that
0: was really okay. They don't have 2160 by 2160? They might. That would be. Anyway. Um, I don't know. I don't, like, what is, I mean, consumer electronics are now just, like, all wearables and things.
2: Stuff that gives you cancer
0: faster. Stuff that gives you cancer faster, because we're all surrounded by radios. Okay, why don't we talk about uh, Google's software engineering practices they've released. No, this is from 2017. What are you talking about, Keith?
2: It just surfaced today.
0: From 2017?
2: Yeah, must maybe this was internal. I 31 January 2017. Or is it on archive... From uh, when was it posted? Uh, well, I mean, if it's uh, this is, uh, it was submitted 2017, but it got a uh, lot of attention today.
0: Why
1: today?
2: Hacker News loved it.
0: I don't because they stumbled upon
1: it. People find things and post them on Hacker News
0: from 2017. I guess. I guess anything that Google is It's uh,
1: possible, it re- it was posted previously but i mean reposts aren't necessarily bad for the people who have missed it which are all three of us (laughs) that's true if you haven't
0: seen it it's new to you uh uh how do we do i mean
2: have you read it no not yet i've I've been wanting to the source repository I printed it out oh you print you printed it out i'm gonna read it on the bus ride home to new jersey
0: here let's see if we can uh, give you a Quick preview. Most of Google's code is stored in a single unified source code repository and is accessible to all software engineers at Google. There are some notable exceptions, particularly to the two large open source projects, Chrome and Android, which use separate open source repositories and some high value or security critical pieces of code for which read access is locked down more tightly. But most Google projects share the same repository. As of 2015, the 86 terabyte re- this 86 terabyte repository contained a billion files, including over 9 million source code files, containing a total of 2 billion lines of source code, with a history of 35 million commits and a change rate of 40,000 commits per work day. Write access, I mean that's something to talk about. Right access to the repository is controlled. Only the listed servers of each subtree of the repo can approve changes to that subtree. But generally, any engineer can access any piece of code, check it out, and build it. Make local modifications, test them, and send changes for review by the code owners. And if an owner approves, can check in or commit those changes regardless of project boundaries. This empowers engineers and leads to higher quality infrastructure that better supports the needs of those using
1: it. Funny enough, what is number 23 on Hacker News Best this week is... Mono repos. Yes. Don't. Don't?
2: Yes. But with, what about what's this? What's what's said with, that you the Google's reason using is, repo.
1: at scale, a mono repo must solve every problem that a poly repo must solve, with the downside of encouraging tight coupling and the additional Herculean effort of tackling VCS scalability. Okay, but Google just told
0: you about all of their commits, 40,000 commits per workday in their mono repo. They got it. Solved. Eat it. Random medium article. <laughs> exactly.
1: Google's been doing it forever. Therefore, I mean, what, it what must can you say? work?
0: What can you say? I mean, it is working, like it's it's not that it must work, I, it's well, just it's working for them right now. Does it work? Where's the feedback? I mean, do feedback? open offices work, but people still keep de- well, Do pe- it on but do people Do people state
1: past their NDAs and go, Oh, it doesn't work or do people uh, are people willing to be overly critical or openly critical of the companies they worked at and their software engineering practices? Uh, I don't really think so. So it's kind of hard to get that feedback unless you've worked there, or if you go go out to Silicon Valley, go to a bar, and talk to people in private. Okay.
0: Uh, Let's do that. Google uses a distributed homework build assignment. system used, known as Blaze, not to be confused with Glenn Beck's online TV network, which is responsible for compiling and linking software for and to run or for running tests. It provides standard commands for building and testing software that work across the whole repository. These standard commands are the highly optimized implementation, and the highly optimized implementation mean that it is typically very simple and quick for any Google engineer to build and test any software in this repository. This consistency is a key enabler which helps to make it practical for engineers to make changes across project boundaries. Programmers write build files that Blaze uses to determine how how to build their software. The build build entitles build such as libraries, programs, and tests are declared using fairly high level declarative build specifications that specify for each entity its name, source files, and the libraries and other build entities
2: it depends on. These build specify okay. It's like a mega make file. I like that it's declarative though. Versus what? Imperative. Can you can you explain the difference? It, declarative describes what you want versus how you get something.
1: Yes. So the most uh, often used example is iterating through a loop. Um, Python versus writing everything out. Correct. In Python, you can just write.
0: I don't like that about about like React how it makes you declare everything, but that's declarative rather than
1: imperative. I guess. Right. Well, it's it's about. I mean, for a lot of programming, it's about the outcome. It's not the way of achieving it. Um, you don't want to particularly be the person implementing very specifically. Uh, unless you do. There are languages that allow you to do that, right? I mean, that's why you have this choice. Interesting. But most people just want to go, hey, go through this loop. I want to do some stuff. I need to get on with my life. Exactly. Other people go, I need to know every aspect of this loop. Um yeah. Uh, individual builds, individual build steps must be
0: hermetic. They depend only on their declared inputs. Enforcing that all dependencies be correctly declared as a consequence of distributing the build. Only the declared inputs are sent to, uh, to the machine on which the build step is run. As a result, the build system can be relied on to know how the true dependent how how the true dependencies. That's not a complete sentence. Oh, to know the true dependencies. Even the compilers that the build system invokes are treated as inputs. That's cool. Individual build steps are deterministic. The build uh, system is reliable. Build results are cached in the cloud. Incremental rebuilds are fast. Pre-submit checks. Google has tools for automatically running a suite of uh, tests when initiating a code review and or preparing to commit a change to the repo. I like
2: that. All of these things sound amazing.
0: Okay. Well, let's do it. Edit that git config. Type, takes a lot, a lot of time. Copy, paste, type it in.
2: Don't. don't Drag and d- drop. Don't add your editor RC to your good ignore. <laughs> it's bad. No, but what happens if you want to enforce consistency across editors? Yeah, see? Yeah, I'm, anyway, I'm torn on that one. That's a, that's a, that's a toughie.
0: Um, yes, unit testing is strongly encouraged and widely practiced. It's interesting that the way that they wrote that. It's not. I used to work at a place where it was mandated that everything passed 100%.
1: Um, uh, I do think there's. Facts. I call, I
0: call it test fascism, but that's another story.
1: So there is some merit in in the monorepo where if you don't actively test, um, you're not only blowing it up for yourself, you're blowing it up for a lot of other people. <laughs> you know. Yes, because then the whole thing won't work. Yes. Yeah. And your impact the impact is quite large. Yeah, what about you, doing you something that like test some modules though? That's technically creating
0: a
2: monorepo from separate repositories yeah or subtrees what's the difference between a subtree i knew you were going to ask me and that. a submodule i can't give you a good answer i'd have to look it up all right we'll come back to that next week
1: well are, are we just talking about on the file structure uh, where the submodule is actually just a pointer to the actual repository and a uh, subtree i believe is just a fo- it's an actual fo- folder the uh, submodule you would be able to reuse it. It you would be able to cite the submodule in multiple repos since they're just pointers to that repo. Uh, whereas the subtree you would not be able to do something like that.
2: Subtrees or well, the submodules need to be initialized after Co- you clone the repository. That, that's right? correct, right. and, and then the be sub- manually updated. Yes. Yeah, the subtrees essentially point to. But a, you couldn't com- like like when said you couldn't use the same subtree across multiple yeah. repos. Yeah, I think they end up with different committishes. Yeah. There are some nuances with
1: submodules that, uh, that yes, it can cause some issues.
2: Huh? sub sub trees are a little easier to work with. Interesting.
0: Okay. Um, let's see. A submodule is a better fit for a component based development where your main project depends on a fixed version of another repo. You can only, you can, you keep only references in your parent repo.
1: Yeah, I, you're going, I mean... Subtree wh- is more like a
0: system-based development where all your repo contains, where all your, rep, all sorry, where your, your all repo contains everything at once and you can modify any part.
2: Yeah, so you could modify stuff that's within the subtree and then you can split those commits out and push those commits to the repository that really owns the subtree without your parent repository being affected and those commits don't show up in that history.
1: Yes, yeah, so the, the I mean the general alternative is to cite it in a dependency manager. Um, the whole point though is about the increased transparency in having it there.
0: What do you mean increased transparency? Because they're both going to add files.
1: Well, one is going to be separate. I mean, if
0: so, you can at, so if you have a mo- so if you have a giant repo, then you can split out a subtree into a uh, into its own thing. You could if you, and then, but you yeah. can't really import that into another thing. You certainly sure, could, but then but it you, would have but to, you, if you change the contents and the commit history gets muddled, you just said that.
2: Yeah, in the subtree. In the subtree. Yeah, but then you could you could push those, those commits to the subtree. That subtree needs to. Accept so you can those. like
0: keep those commits on the main repo and then yeah. take them out of the subtree. Yep, that makes sense. Here's a, here's another way of looking at it. Uh, submodule is link, subtree is copy.
2: What do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, because if it depends how you treat it and you use it,
1: how you treat it, gotta treat Ah, the subtree. That's funny. Okay, well, um, because the copy can diverge, right? Yeah, copy. Right, the link is always going to be the pointer. So, right. Um, Okay. Well, why
0: don't we end with uh, a, a quick discussion of what should programmers be called? Programmers, coders, developers, engineers, you know, there's that, I'll I'll try to find that uh, that Balmer bit from 2006. Developers, developers. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I'm sure he's like, I I don't know.
2: uh, Engineering, that term, you know, people have certifications, they're accredited. I'm, I'm sorry. I just have to. Developers, uh, developers, 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 developers. Sweaty developers, man. Developers, developers, he is so sweaty. Developers, developers, developers. And His he's, voice regretting is cracking? That,
0: he's regretting that steak yes. and lobster he had for lunch. He's got some mad spreads. spread sweats. When, going when on. was this from? I 2006. Forget.
2: 2006. I went to the DEF CON in 2007 and I remember seeing this everywhere. Oh, yeah.
0: wow. It was a whole thing. It still is. It's kind of funny. Uh, And that was so long ago now. But anyway, so what do we call developers, 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 developers? I don't like the term engineers for one reason. I don't believe – I think that the modern web developer is closer to a script kitty than they are a real engineer who does real stuff like working on highways or – Electronics, or you know, physics, or or buildings, or something like that, where they just copy and paste code, where they npm install, yarn install, learn to install whatever, brew install whatever, and then they just kind of Lego
2: block. Yeah, you're gluing libraries your together,
0: together, and you call it an application, and you run it through Xcode, and then suddenly you're an engineer. I don't think so. I think, I think that people older in technology. Oh, I'll let you. I'll let you uh, cut in. I think people. It, it, who were it, it, software developers in the '80s? They were probably much closer to an engineer because of the lack of tools that they had at the time, and the uh, and the the depth to which they had to write their applications, like either in you know assembly language or in machine code. That when you get down to that level, I would call that
2: engineering. I I would
0: disagree. No, I that's think still engin- software. It was software engineering.
2: That, that's programming. I think engineering is more about processes and discipline and best practices.
0: Yeah, but programmers need to do that.
2: Yeah, but back in the seventies, eighties, you had less of those best practices documented, and then as time goes on, well, they
0: weren't—they didn't exist
2: yet. Yeah, so you were programming against the machine. As no, well, but now, as like art. I said,
0: I don't think that someone who copies and pastes from Stack Overflow no, should I, call I, himself an engineer. I agree
2: that you know, that's BS
0: too. He's got people who are working on the Second Avenue subway all night. Like those are actually engineers. Yeah. So, um, what do you think,
1: Wayne? Well, I, I. Regardless of the duties, I I think the naming itself is acting as a like a version control, um especially in terms of in data. If we're looking at developer salaries, programming salaries, um a lot of sites don't really time weight you know these ranges. So when you're looking at developer salaries, they're going to be old, but that makes sense because a lot of historically, you know that was the naming at the time, right? uh if we're using so similar things going on with uh analyst and data scientist right They're- data scientist seems like a great title yes Do they get to wear a hat all day or or goggles to uh, look at excel well it's but that's the thing right the actual duties much like engineer uh can be from excel which is not really data science to actual machine yes, learning
0: well, they call uh, they call janitors sanitation engineers now so i mean what do you want to well, I would love to be a
1: sanitation engineer. Well, that's how I feel with, like. You are uh, just with code. Exactly. Yeah, you're, that's you're a software surgeon. I, yeah, exactly. You're uh, a,
0: you, you wanted the term software
1: oh, surgeon. I know. I, I'm going to pick software janitor. Software sanitation engineer.
0: Uh, think that. That's, but that's a very low-level sounding. You know, indeed.
1: But someone's got to do
0: it. Put on the hazmat suit and clean up somebody's gross code. That I have both of my thumbs fun. up. No. <laughs> I guess I guess uh,
1: trash does smell slightly sweet. I I think it does make sense because the ter- I mean the term is just delineating for me really uh one how is the company reflective of the changes and practices, right? How they use the names. When we adopt the new naming for a job, we're also kind of committing that, hey, we are aware of all these changes, and uh, we're embracing them because we're going to pay the salary related to that, that name change, right? So you think
2: that's what it is? Do you think it's
1: pushing salaries in a way?
0: Uh, it's so an, en- an engineer should make more than a developer? Is that what it is, or the other way around? Well,
1: it's all, I mean, one. It's, again, it's the histo- the there's a historical gonna, component, well, first, right? The
0: salaries are going to fall through the floor in the next five to ten years, I, I honestly believe for a lot of people in the industry it's going to happen it, uh, developing software is commoditized yeah it's become
1: commoditized that i well they're also going to uh, rename the position to mcdonald's retail salesman <laughs> and that's really going to tank our our jobs cyber burger um, flipper but i think you know, well for me it's not the the naming is because the name changes because someone goes we want a job that it where a person, is, so in terms of software engineer, we want a person who's not who can't who can only can code, but they also care about the organizational practices. Uh, looking at it as uh, ongoing labor, as an operational workflow, right? They
0: have a vested interest uh, in the right. results.
1: Um, the code itself may not be uh, the point because we're trying to achieve these outcomes. So I may not write code because I'm going to pull a library, right? So, uh, but they'll go. That's not really a developer, right? It's just the terminology. Whether uh, the actual name, uh, if it's engineer or a uh, demon or, or whatever, it it doesn't matter. It, it's just how it's introduced. And for people, when you start looking for jobs, you want to be a, on a place that is adopting, right? The new practices. They're actively thinking about, uh, what do we really need in terms of uh, labor and resources. And the naming just kinds of corresponds with that. Now, you do have this kind of dilution because people will go, inevitably, hey, uh, this guy, we just need him to do data entry, but we're going to call him this position because it sounds great. You're always going to have that, just like Goldman Sachs calls. Uh, basically like second-year employees vice presidents, <laughs> right? It's not uh, – you're always going to have that kind of bad acting. But right. for, for us, it's important because we still want to find places that are adopting better practices. And additionally, in terms of data collection, the new name wasn't used past a certain point right so we're going to have more accurate salary gauges on that data because the position didn't exist whereas if you're looking at developer well that position's been around for the past 20 years uh they're not time waiting any of that data that salary is going to look really low too and you might undervalue yourself because of it okay I don't know p- what to,
0: I don't I don't know what yeah. to say to that.
2: I'm I'm curious about demon coming after engineer. I so- <laughs>
1: like, software demon.
2: Um, I figured wizard might come boy. next, but yeah, I yeah. Know, maybe code two ninja. Path. As two long as it's not Rockstar
1: engineer. or co Rockstar. Yeah, I was going to say rock star. Def- yeah. Definitely not.
0: I think that the term engineer though comes from the thought of software engineering. Yeah. It, in and ter- not and, and you're a software
1: engineer, right? right. I mean, in terms of the actual, so, Matt, like, to, because computer science
0: is completely different from software engineering.
1: Yes. Well, in terms of the actual naming, I would I don't care what name it is, as long as it connotates that there. It my work is not cheap. My work is has quality uh, because I'm. So if I'm named janitor, you're going to treat me a certain way because of the perception of the name of that title, right? Um, if you're calling them a custodial engineer, you're going to go, oh, there is some type of luxury. I might be less likely to waste their time. So in that respect, I would prefer the term that makes someone less likely to go, I'm going to put them in this meeting. Yeah, they're not
0: making any more money.
1: Yes. I mean, it doesn't matter. for In terms of how other people see that title, I would prefer that they look at it, uh, the, the name be in such a way that – Uh, they're less likely to waste my time because they realize my time is valuable,
0: right? Interesting. What do you think about this? Software engineering refers to the application of engineering principles to create software. Software engineers participate in the software development lifecycle through connecting the client's needs with the applicable technology solutions. Thus, they systematically develop processes to provide specific functions. In the end, software engineering means using engineering concepts to develop software. On the other hand developers are the driving creative force behind programs which doesn't make sense the software developers are responsible for the entire development process they are the ones who contribute uh, collaborate with the client to create a theoretical design then they have computer programmers also distinct from this create the code needed to run the software properly so computer programmers will test and fix problems together with software developers so the way that they sound it, it the way that they're making this sound is like a software engineer is an architect the, and programmers are developers, I, and developers I, are designers.
1: I feel like a professor who never worked in the real world wrote all <laughs> of that. Th- th- those Probably are strict true. taxonomies they've defined. Uh, in the real world, it's all very loose, right? Again, because the terminology, there's no legal uh, basis. Uh, there's nothing requiring us to use certain terms. Right. That's
0: like, not like the FTC has right. anything to say.
1: So that's always going to be fluid. So I would just look at it from the different perspective because if you're going to start – uh, listing out what a software engineer entails. You, you might as well just ask someone, oh, is it GIF or GIF, right? You're going to spe- waste the same amount of time. Well, now I'm an
0: engineer, and you're just a developer, and I'm going to tell you that it's GIF and not GIF.
1: Yeah, the fact that you, both of you are having that conversation means you're both wasting your time. You, you, you're, not, you know, uh, you're, you're not worth either of those titles. Just You're just an internet troll. Go do something else
0: with your life. Script Kitty, Code rock star. Maybe, WordPress Ninja.
2: Maybe in a way, those titles refer to experience levels, right?
1: Your programmer, I don't know. your developer. Are, whenever picks. someone wants a rock star, yeah.
0: that means that you're doing but three jobs and not getting paid for it.
1: There's no objective way of defining it. That's the problem, yeah. right? If we have criteria, and well, what are we going to do? Uh, are we going to introduce standardized testing? We're going to whiteboard candidates. You know, there is right?
0: ACM. Like they could do that. They could actually make it licensing or qualifications. There's certifications that you can get.
1: Yeah. There sure. are
0: things you can do. You get your
1: engineering uh, ring. Yeah, yeah, your that's engineering true. Ring. If your it, ACM card. But the <laughs> problem is that there there is a responsibility. It's responsi- a real thing. I think I had one in high school. Well, the problem is if you're a real engineer and you mess up, people could die. And so there is an actual responsibility. Some yes, software. That, some
0: software like finance yes. or medicine. That's true. Um, but,
1: oh, crap. I forgot to say if
0: less than zero and now the <laughs> now the forceps aren't going are gonna to open up all the way. I don't know. Um, anyway, go on.
1: Um, but then, in those case, like, that's not all of software engineering, right? If you make a mistake, uh, well, now does someone need to be go through all that licensing? Are they going to be held liable because someone can't see a GIF or a GIF? Like, I don't know. Um, it it. And then, if you're just going to say, let's approach it as certification. Well, now it's also this kind of meaningless thing, right? It can be yeah. standardized tested, it's game, there are test banks, people do a whole bunch of things um, to get it on paper. But then you go, oh, I mean, that's why we have whiteboarding, right? Because people go, people, they say they have a computer science degree, or they went to this boot camp, or they say they have all this experience and they can't pass FizzBuzz, right? They can't do uh, basic uh, programming. Um, they have all these certifications, but they can't. So now we Is just that always. what
0: happened to like all of those, or maybe that's just IT? Remember those, all those IT certifications that came out? That, well, like the Microsoft certifications that yeah. came out in the early 2000s? What happened to those? NCSC well, certified? No, they're still Cisco. around.
1: I mean, for Microsoft, they still have certifications and they're uh, human resources places um, because, again, it's just kind of a cover your ass thing, too, right? Because uh, at that point, someone's going to go, well, you know if the person didn't have that certification you're going to go how do i know they actually know that material right it's it's a very hard thing to argue because if they have the certification uh you assume they did it without you know ill intent they didn't cheat they did it in an ethical manner yeah
0: but that's the same thing as like it's like hiring people from good schools versus just you know state schools somewhere
1: else correct uh but that's the management like uh, you need that. It's a political cover for those cases, but those are certain environments where that's necessary, right? Because they're highly political environments where people are going to criticize you. I mean, look at the Equifax thing. Uh, the C, uh, the C, CIO, right? Was that or or CTO? Um, where they didn't have a computer science degree; they had a music degree. But let's say in this case, this person was incompetent, right? That's why that all happened. But let's security say,
0: officer, uh, so.
1: Let's say the security officer, though, um, was actually competent. Uh, they're going to get criticized regardless of any issue because they don't have that certification. They don't have that uh, that degree. They don't have – because it provides political cover. Oh, I have a master's degree in computer science from this well-known school. I have a certification. Um, it's harder for someone to argue than – Oh, they're incompetent and uh the CEO, the rest of the company didn't do their due diligence in hiring someone clearly qualified. This must have been some type of you know nepotism or whatever to hire this person. And now that's why we're here.
0: But there's also the thought back in the last millennium that because there were the the information was guarded a certain way, there were less there were less ways to get it. Uh like with software engineering, you could, you know, learn it learn it on the internet. You could just kind of pick it up uh you the thought was that if you came from one of those institutions i mean i believe the thought was if you came from one of those institutions then you were you know you could count on the fact that you had that sort of knowledge whereas if you didn't then you couldn't and now because of the internet and now because information has been widely democratized and a lot of those colleges are putting out their coursework electronically for free uh means that you shouldn't use that as a barrier to entry even though uh, even smart tech companies like google you think they're smart right now. Uh they do the same thing. I'm sure they hi- they they sort their hiring by by you know school rank.
1: Right. But uh, they have published themselves that it's not really indicative. I mean Yeah, that's
0: but why they don't follow, they don't practice what they preach. Well, just Correct. like their SAO guidelines, because, just like their UI guidelines, well, they because don't practice
1: it, what they preach. It's a constant back and forth, right? Because uh the reality is you won't ever find out until when interviewing the candidate you can actually get hands on. Uh, real-life work experience, but you can't do that unless you hire them, right? Um, And so we've built all of these hacks depending upon what we think works, and none of them really work, right? It's just our best effort because we're humans, and we're really bad at trying to find out, like, why do we have blind dates, right? Or we have these dates, uh, how many dates until you realize that person is right for you um you can be years in and then you go "Whoa uh oh, I made a mistake um so it's gonna always be difficult, but these are all kind of efforts best efforts to try to uh, fix that and obviously they don't work i i see it all as a waste of time but again it's all perception people are going to see it as something that matters right whether or not you have a degree whether or not you have a certification it depends on the person um so i don't interact with people who value any of those things and my life's been fine my my mcdonald's manager adores me (laughs) okay
0: I think that's a good, you have anything to add, Keith? I think no, that's a, a, I, I a good
1: way to, Wayne said it
2: all.
0: to put a pin on it, put a pin in it. And I'll just mention one last thing, by the way, Ford is recalling more than 953,000 vehicles because uh, their uh, passenger airbag inflators may explode and hurl shrapnel at you during a car accident. That's a feature. Fun. That's a yeah. feature, not a bug. And so why don't we wrap up this episode of uh pull request? Keith, do you approve of this week's? I'm going to approve this one. Uh, Wayne, how about you?
1: I always approve. I don't read it at all. Oh, good.
0: LGTN. LGTU. It looks good to us. Okay, well, why don't we all hit merge? And we'll see you next week, hopefully right here on Pull Request. This has been the Pneumonium production. The views and opinions expressed on Pull Request do not necessarily reflect those of Pneumonium, LLC, or its subsidiaries. This week's theme music provided by Volpec. Visit them at
3: VULFPECK.com.